like it, it's there's a lot. no conflict. <laughs> there's no conflict. No conflict. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, November seventeenth, two thousand eleven. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode three five seven. This is no agenda. Bending over to pick up the sofa. Coming to you from Camp Mofo in the Lone Star State. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Lawton Buzzkill. In the morning. Now we got a little stinger in there. What's the stinger doing there? Well, it's whenever, when you're short, then uh, you get the stinger. Huh? Oh, hey. So uh, I got a little bit of a, a acoustics issue today. Well, you're now in Texas. Yes, we're in Austin, Tejas. Congratulations. Uh, Let me say, uh, give you an Aurea. Ready? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, thank you. And here's one back at you. For you to be in Texas. <laughs> yeah. uh, I understand you had some interesting tribulations getting there. Yes. Uh, that. Well, um, so you remember we had that one uh, Border Patrol pop-up Border yeah, you Patrol? You were stopped outside of Las Cruces or something. Exactly. Uh, and, so uh, once we entered West Texas... Um, and this is like a whole bunch of nothing. And of course, it's nowhere near any border. There was another another pop up. And uh, I had, you know, after that first experience, I was like, you know, uh, I got to see exactly what I'm supposed to do in one of these and what I'm supposed to say. Now, I do not have to answer any questions. I because you know, the, the only question the, the, the border patrol agent asks is uh, uh, what is your country of citizenship? And I don't even have to answer that. No, you should say no, no, no senor. <laughs> Montequillo. Hello, Montequillo want Windex. Sorry. South Park reference. Uh, however, uh, Mickey, uh, being uh, a visiting alien on a, on a visa, has no Fourth Amendment right. So she has to answer. And, uh, you know, uh, the only way you could do a search and seizure is if there's uh, some kind of probable cause, right? If there's, a, if there's some reasonable uh, suspicion that uh, you're doing something. So here's how they did it this time. We're waiting there. In, and this is literally I-10, right? I-10 uh, eastbound. There's miles and miles of nothing. Then all of a sudden, whoop, you get you routed off. We're waiting in line. And that kind of passing everybody Maybe through. You're, how you route it off? Is this like a, a, a roadblock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The road. It's like literally. The road's the, blocked. It's blocked. Yeah. You're, you're, you're sent to the side. Huh. And, uh, and it's a structure, by the way. It's not. Uh, it, 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 it's a, an honest to God structure. And it turns out later they have prison cells there and everything. I'll get into that in a second. And uh, so we're waiting there in line. Prison cells off to the side. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of the road? Yeah. <laughs> it gets better. So we're waiting there, and then the guy is walking, um, uh, I guess, a drug dog past all the vehicles. And he and I saw him actually bite the tire of the car in front of us, which was like, well, okay, this dog is serious. <laughs> he actually bit the tire. And he's walking by, and all of a sudden, he jumps up, and Mickey was driving, jumps up against her window, freaking out. And by the way, that freaked Mickey out, too. Yeah, it's scary when all of a sudden this dog jumps up. So, of course, that was, oh, uh, well, there's your probable cause. You got a hit from the dog. So, uh, you know, they say, are you American citizen? Are you uh, from what country are you from? And I don't answer. Mickey says, uh, well, I'm from the Netherlands. What? Do you have your visa? And, of course, she has everything. Okay, pull the car over to the side. So we pull the car over and, uh, you know, get out. 
<laughs> because now they have their probable cause, right? Because, you know, well, you got, we got a hit on the dog who, of course, is trained to do whatever. But, you know, there's no drugs in our car. But it was filled with, uh, I don't know, like uh, mm, 10 cases of wine. Uh, we had my pepper plant. We had uh, Bougainville, all the stuff that the trucking company oh, wouldn't take. Yeah, must be. <laughs> And then, you know, and, and, you know, I said, oh, step over here. And, I, and, and by the way, I'm smoking one of my roll-up cigarettes. Oh, that's real smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, no, I'm just going to leave it here. And I, and I go to light it. Ah, no smoke in here. Okay, why not? There's no smoke in here. All right, so I just hold it in my mouth, right? And I got a three-day beard, and I got the hat on. You know, I got the hat with, like, the, the drawn-on gun in the, in the hat band. just wear a T-shirt that says, shoot me? <laughs> yeah. And then I put my hand in my pocket because it's cold. Take your hand out of your pocket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> says we're we're here, uh, you know, looking for illegal drugs and illegal humans. I say, okay. Uh, you know that uh, marijuana is not legal in the state of Texas, right? Say, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't smoke uh, marijuana. And uh, yeah, so just it, and then they the, the, they let the dog into the car and he's freaking out. He's digging in my pepper plants. Oh. And I'm like, hey, 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 can you do that with a little bit of love? And these guys, they're all 6'2", six, 6'3", six, all juiced up, all like, you know, they are just like, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I don't want Mickey to get uh, thrown in jail. <laughs> if it were, if if she weren't there, if it was just me and my, my uh, Fourth Amendment rights, I, I, I would, I am for sure going to do this differently. Anyway, at a certain point, now it's taken a while. And they're trying to find something. They can't find anything. And um, Mickey's like, I really have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, well, there's a rest stop uh, two miles down the road. She, but I got to go now. I've been waiting here for half an hour. Well, uh, well, you, we got cells. <laughs> Mickey's like, what do you mean you got cells? A prison cell. What? <laughs> yeah, that's the only place you can pee. So she went in and pissed in. So the, she's been in prison she's, already. She's been in prison. She peed in the prison cell. I said, you know, they're all watching. She said, I don't care. I had to go. So uh, watching. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was really bad. So what did the dog? What was the dog all upset about? That doesn't make the dogs aren't that don't usually do false positives. Well, it must I have been the residual smoke on your. No, clothes. no, no, no. I, I, what I think is I think the dog is just uh, either overly trained or overly sensitive so that they just have a reason to get into your car. I mean, when you get a hit from a dog, then they have uh, probably, you know, they have reasonable oh, suspicion. Scam. Yeah. Oh, it's total scam. Good dog. Yeah, good, good dog. dog. And, and these guys, they were Thanks, pissed. Boss. They were pissed off. They couldn't find anything, man. They were like, man. Well, you probably looked like a, like a guy who would have something at the time, the way you no, described no, 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 the scene. No, 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 I look like a guy who would be dealing something. Yeah. <laughs> Much better than just the guy who would have something. And then, yeah, they found my tin of tobacco. And they're like, oh, oh strike, strike. And like, oh, damn, nothing in there. Strike, strike. It's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, so uh, we did make it. Uh, we arrived in uh, in Austin, and uh, good luck, according to all of the uh, uh, all of, all the folk folklore. We brought us uh, some rain, and it rained. Uh, we had a good uh, inch and a half, I think, which was That's a big deal. Down yeah, there. oh, it's huge. People were like, yeah, great, you guys came here, you brought us good luck, and we're like, yeah, okay. 
It's raining. Yeah, we bought it. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you something. If you were moving in from Seattle, you wouldn't be thinking <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> and th- so, of course, every move has its drama, right? And, uh, and so we had this, you know, this big semi, and we had already told them. We said, look, you got to go up a hill to get to us. And then, oh, we looked on Google Earth and everything. It looks good and whatever. But this is a 45-degree incline with a hairpin. You're like, okay. So uh, they're supposed to arrive at the move. So we're literally in an e- empty house. And um, uh, the cable guy showed up, by the way, on time. Nice guy, Roger. On time? On time, on time, and uh, no problem, and hooked everything up. And I got 30 megabits down, 5 megabits up, as promised. Everything's great. Uh, So happy with that. And then, you know, the guy's supposed to show up around 11 o'clock, and then it's uh, like 1130, and we get a phone call. Yeah, it's uh, an Israeli driver. It's Avi. I can't get up the hill. Uh, but I'm hitching a ride up now. And so, you know, the end of the story is we have to shell out, you know, like another 950 bucks. Hey, they were supposed to do that. You told them in advance. Yeah. You have to another 900 bucks just to move this stuff from the bottom of the hill to your house. Uh, well, you know, what happens is they have to go and rent two trucks. They have to transport all the trucks over, all the stuff over to the two trucks, then drive the, tr- uh, the trucks up the hill. And if you look at the fine print in the contract... The really fine print, then you're screwed. Now it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, because Mickey got really upset. She was bitching at these guys on the phone, and she was like, "I'm glad we don't have any weapons in the house yet. At least not any handguns, because they would have been discharged." Um, so you know, the end of the story is if they had if they had known about it, we would have had to pay the extra anyway. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. So I'm like, oh, whatever. I just want it done. But of well, course, I have a welcome to Austin, Texas uh, clip you might want to play just to get in the mood for the area. Uh, um, I'm looking for it. Just Austin, Texas? Is that the clip? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes, sir. Uh, we see very often that Taser is, the, is what officers turn to uh, very quickly now in an encounter. Are they using them too quickly? Some are. Some are using them uh, way too fast. One of the police departments Alpert studied was Austin, Texas, where a police officer was suspended for three days after this traffic stop. The driver had been going five miles over the speed limit. Yeah, all right. You enjoyed uh, California. We'll worry about uh, your little propaganda, okay? Uh, shut up. <laughs> Don't taste me, bro. Get used to this sound. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, anyway, so the guys show up like at 530. And so we literally we wound up moving the stuff into the house in the dark. I've got like, you know, the the car out with the headlights on and uh, it's just a total nightmare. And we were so tired. You know, by the time they were gone, it's like 11 o'clock. And then yesterday I spent most of the time, you know, reassembling the studio, which is no small feat. And as you can tell, I haven't had time to do the acoustics yet. I've I've literally hung blankets around me uh, to try and uh, dampen some of the echo, uh, which is doing somewhat. It it was a lot worse than it is now. And and then five minutes before the show starts, uh, the uh, electrical company uh, guy rolls up in the truck. He's like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, good. I'm here to disconnect the electricity. <laughs> Nikki's like, no, no, he has to do a podcast. This can't, this can't happen. So apparently, uh, the, uh, the owner of the place we're renting had not, uh, notified the authorities that we were moving in. So we were like on the phone until two minutes before the show started. 
getting everything sorted out so they wouldn't disconnect. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah. Uh, but it's a uh, it, yes Honda generator. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I'm getting me one of those. But it's good. We're really, uh, we're happy to be here. Um, it's uh, beautiful. The weather is beautiful. The skies are uh, blue. It's uh, crisp, of course, because it's uh, well, I don't know, it's uh, November. So then um, we had a nice uh, windy storm last night on the back of the house. The front of the house is completely calm, sunshine. The back uh, got a big storm. Um, How big is that place? This place? Uh, it was a joke. Oh, okay. And, uh, and so from uh, the Lone Star State here at Camp Mofo, John, a hearty in the morning. In the morning to you, uh, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, and feet in the air. <laughs> and uh, to all the human resources in the chat room at noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. Nice to see everyone uh, so in- incredibly uh, positive. You started them off now. They're like, oh, wait until the brush fires come. Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, <laughs> wait, animal get nailed by the smart meters. <laughs> No, we're very happy to be here. It's going to be great. And people have been nothing but super friendly. They've been really great. It's uh, it's awesome. We're we're very excited. Excited to be here. And uh, sometime, hopefully by Sunday, uh, I'll kind of be back to normal because uh, it's just, you know, between all that stuff and, you know, helping Mickey with boxes, like how much show prep did I get done? You know, how much C-SPAN could I really watch? Wasn't a lot going on on C-SPAN. I actually didn't get much off of it either. There was a um, lot of votes that were just taken forever. Yeah. Well, you know, right now there's all kinds of stuff happening live, John, uh, that, uh, you know, down there in uh, Wall Street in uh, Nueva Yorka. This is the, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Occupy Wall Street, a day of action, I think is what it is. Have you been uh, seeing this? Uh, uh, yeah, let me go over a couple of well, things. Well, that, hold, hold, uh, on, hold on one second, John. Let's, uh, let's go down live. John, I'm... Uh, I'm here at Occupy Wall Street, and uh, this is, as you know, the uh, second month anniversary, and uh, it looks like uh, looks like people are busting through barricades, and uh, we uh, we really don't have any uh, much else for you, but uh, we are live, we are live, live here at Occupy Wall Street. Uh, John, back to you. Thanks, Adam. So uh, apparently our local... Uh mayor here in Oakland, Quan. I guess she's, you know, she's, she was like, I think she rented dry cleaners or something. She's never had any real political experience, so she didn't know quite uh, to, to probably shut up. Right. When the night of the, oh, by the way, the night that we predicted, of course, which is a three in the morning raid to get rid of everybody in, uh, in New York. Yeah, j- just a little tip there, John. When you're texting me in the middle of the night to say, get to the Internet, they're sweeping Wall Street. You know, there's a two hour time difference. It was like 5 a.m. Thanks for the wake up call. No, I, I was doing it in real time. I mean, just as they were sweeping. I know, it, but you texted me. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it woke me up at five. <laughs> well, I thought you might want to get up. Yeah, yeah sure. To go see them sweep. Uh, we knew this was going to happen. I mean, this is no yeah, we news. Had nailed. But anyway, so Quan apparently makes the mistake. She doesn't know to shut up. And she makes the mistake of mentioning that 18 cities uh, all got a call from the government. Right. Yeah, we knew this. Right? Didn't I say that, that they had been talking to the mayors all along? 
Yeah, you said this. This is why I'm going to give you the kudos because you were you were on top of this. So apparently they gave him a call uh, the night before the crackdown. 18 cities across the country where the situation had started. Here's the quote. The situation that started as a political movement ended up being an encampment that was, quote, no longer in the control of the people who started it. <laughs> yeah, who was that? We don't even know who that was. Well, we think now we're starting to begin. Be- I'm beginning to deconstruct it and think that it was the government itself. This was a right out of the Saul Alinsky playbook mm-hmm. because this was initially be. This is a theory initially begun by the Obama administration to get that bill passed. You know, we must yeah, pass it, it, it was, now. Yeah, and for the unions, uh, the unions were on the board. They were helping with the out. jobs bill. Didn't I say this exactly? Yes, yeah, is what I'm telling you. Okay. Uh, is that you actually nailed the whole thing as a scam from the get-go. And what apparently has happened is that the scam got out of control and they started – and now, if, like, you, for example, you go to the, the, the movement, which has changed its name to the – there's two groups. There's the Occupy group, which is the negative, which is the government group, and then there's the 99 percenters, which have taken over and they have right. to be removed. Right. They're now bitching and moaning about student loans and about you know the fact that there's no freedom of speech and all these normal right. issues that right. a protest movement would have, and they have to be shut down. Because then, and that's what happened. The government, the government, somebody would be Homeland Security. Who it was that she never actually said. Mm. They had the eighteen, an eighteen city conference call the <laughs> night before. Do you have a clip of her saying this? No, I said there oh. is a clip of her saying it someplace. But you know, uh, um, Kiwi Chris is pretty well overreported by the local media. Kiwi Chris is down there in uh, in New Zealand, and because of the time difference, he was able to be you know to be following the uh, uh, the live video stream from Occupy, and he uh, he got a couple of clips, and th- there are two that I thought were really interesting. Uh, this one, uh, you know, so this is off the live stream. This is not like a prepared thing. This is guys basically saying, "Hey, you know, we've got like uh, agent provocateurs in here to mess things up, so that you know, essentially, we're going to get kicked out." Right, so they're talking about uh, it potentially being cops who came down to cause a ruckus that never seen these guys, and they're like, "No, we, we we've been around, we've been here." Yeah, the guys are wearing all black. They would yeah. have their picture taken. Exactly, exactly. And then and of course, was, uh, and then they brought. Yeah, they were either cops or who knows who. Whatever the case was, they weren't part of it. And it was part. It was just, as, and they were popping cops' car tires too. And I, the way I see that one, which makes me kind of think it's the police, it goes like this: Hey, Bill. Yeah, these tires. I wish they'd fix the tires on my car. It's been, you know, they, they've been putting it off because of budget constraints. Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll hook you up, man. It's all take set. a knife to the it's tires. Done. Yeah, it's hey, done. those damn yeah. protesters. What are we supposed to do? Meanwhile, Michael Moore is uh, cashing in uh, on the entire deal in a spectacular fashion with his buddy. Uh, okay, but let me mention Olderman. one Michael Moore anecdote while you're at it. All right, during the during that era when they were all they all a lot of them moved to Broadway to start to block the traffic for the morning commute, which they ended up doing because this is now out of control. Michael Moore comes along. 
and makes this big announcement that he's going to give a speech in some other park. And that other park, according to the, you know, the, the, the people that are involved in these protests, was uh, the easiest one that they could kettle and lock down and throw everybody out of. And it looked like he was setting them up to actually be oh, yeah. busted. No, I am convinced Michael Moore is uh, completely on board with the program, whether he's doing it consciously or not. I think he's, he's dumb enough to be doing it unconsciously. But he gets to go on uh, Oberman and cash in. I've edited the interview for your convenience. Live each night at 8 p.m. And in our third story tonight, Michael Moore has been visiting Zuccotti Park since the Occupy movement first began there in September. He's also been to some of the other sites across the country that have seen similar police raids in the last 48 to 72 hours, Occupy Oakland and Occupy Portland. For now, he's occupying right here. Michael Moore, author of the new book, Here Comes Trouble. Thank you for coming in, sir. Thank you for having me on this uh, very important day. Bloom. So th there you go. Michael Moore, the book is titled Here Comes Trouble, which is a prophetic title right now on another subject. Uh, thanks for coming in. Safe travels. Thank you. Thank you so much. He's just my promoting his book. That's all he's doing. It's like, uh, listen, man, you got to you got to plug my book at the beginning and the end of the interview. OK, it's really important. Exactly what he said. It's really important. <laughs> Come but, on. You know, of course, the joke is that Oberman's ratings are now down. He's apparently down to like 40,000 viewers, which is like really low. I mean, he's one step away from getting the, the dreaded asterisk. Oh, where you, uh, you, you don't get a rating. You just get a un, get unmeasurable. Yeah, it unmeasurable. Means that somebody saw you. It should be an audible asterisk like that. Like. <laughs> and the ratings for Keith Olbermann. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no one's watching him. No one can find that channel. That's the biggest problem. It's unfindable. This, yeah, guy, this guy, you know, he's so dumb. He should be doing the Internet. That's what he should be doing. Yeah, he could uh, he'd probably do better and, and you'd oh, really yeah. target his audience. I mean, that's what Beck is doing. And if Beck can get numbers and make money doing it, do you think this guy could? Yeah. Well, you know, he's old school. He doesn't understand. Old school douche. You know, he's a sports guy. <laughs> yeah. Does that say enough? Uh, uh, apparently. Hey, big news, by the way. I want to get this out of the way before we uh, get too far into the show. Okay. Toronto school bans pretty much every ball that they can uh, find. The soccer balls, the students at the East End in uh, Toronto school are being told to leave their soccer balls and other hard balls at home. Why? The principal of Earl Beatty Public School banned the balls this week after a parent <laughs> recently suffered a concussion from being hit in the head oh, with a soccer ball. I got hit in the head with a soccer ball. The principal, Alicia Fernandez, Banned hard balls, claiming they're dangerous. <laughs> Kids are coming in complaining of injury or being scared. I'm afraid said. of the ball. Afraid of the ball. Can oh. you, hey, Canada, hello? You know, this thing is cranking up again, this, uh, this pussification, you know, the, the cyberbullying, all the stuff is, they keep going at it. It's just, you know, you know when I was a kid, and, and now I'm sounding old and cranky, but man... You fall off the ropes, right? At, uh, at school, you break your arm. Oh, well. Tough luck. You know, they don't ban ropes. <laughs> ban balls. But, but what else do kids do but play with balls? That's what they do. It's what I'm, kids do. I'm playing with my balls right now. Yeah, well, that's... Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, thank some producers before we uh, move on, John. Yeah, we do. We have two executive producers and two associate executive producers to thank. Um, Scott, Sir Scott Hankel in Sunland, California. 
357. Uh, wants to give his wife a birthday shot. We'll do that later. By the way, that's, uh, I didn't realize that uh, this is the Magnum episode. Ooh, well, yeah, another opportunity that. lost to her. <laughs> there you go. There's there's our, our our whole concept working perfectly. Yeah. Well, after the fact. Yeah. We, seem to be, we seem to miss these things until after the fact. Anyway, uh, he needs a uh, karma shout-out to his wife who will be getting a birthday shout-out. You've got karma. Of course. Always happy to hand out the karma. Her birthday was yesterday. She's on the list, though. Richard Haskins, Stephen City, Virginia. Uh, three two six two six. I'd like to be the first knight to. He's going to be a knighted later. Yeah. To welcome uh, Adam and Mickey to the new Crackpot Command Center. The donation of three two six two six puts me at nine 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 nine. Niner 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 niner. Can you spot the brother living the American dream and just getting by a penny? There it is. I'd like to think that I always recognize the bullshit that is our media, but you guys have spoiled any regular news for me completely. <laughs> the show has, however, made watching the news with friends more fun as we sing the No Agenda jingles <laughs> along with the appropriate segments. Trains good. Play. See, see something, say something. As long as you keep us saying the media, I'll keep listening. Yeah. Can you imagine sitting bullshit. around watching yeah. these guys? Oh yeah, no, no. I I got an email or a tweet the other day from uh, one of our producers who said, you know, I'm I'm watching uh, I'm watching the news with uh, with my wife and I'm using the No Agenda soundboard and she's not liking it because it's just constant bullshit. You know, <laughs> everything's in there. <clears throat> bullshit. The fact of the matter is, there you go. Everything's in there. So anyway, that would be quite funny to do just constantly. Uh, actually, what I do, because I make a lot of racket when I'm watching the TV, I'm usually just shouting at it, condemning it. No, I stopped doing that. Uh, although Mickey yesterday had a good one. We were watching. Actually, no, we were watching Twit. What am I talking about? We were, we were watching Twit, waiting for our stuff to arrive. And they talk about the, uh, the diaspora kid, the 22-year-old who died yeah, yeah. under mysterious circumstances. We, have, right. we don't know why. Still hasn't been discussed. And so Leo says, Leo, and Mickey's watching, right? Because she's actually watching you because she said, John is amazing. Everyone's talking and you're just like, you, you, I don't know what you're doing. You may be doing your taxes for all I know. You're on that computer, not looking. And then uh, Leo says, uh, well, you know, even Mark Zuckerberg gave money to uh, the Diaspora Project. And then Mickey, not missing a beat, says, and then he killed him. <laughs> like, wow. She's a two, true no agenda producer. <laughs> that is funny. She's totally, you know, two to the head, she says. Oh, who knows? Okay, anyway, we got two exec associate executive producers, Ralph uh, Nellison, Sir Nellison in Aachen. Aachen, Germany? Deutschland. Uh, simply for the best podcast in the universe. Oh, I got to get that right. The best podcast, podcast in the, the universe. universe. Uh, by the way, this is the equivalence of 169.91 euros. The euro money presses seem to run at a slower speed than the dollar presses. <clears throat> yeah, don't you worry, though. Yeah, that won't last. <laughs> you get, help us out while you can yeah. because you're going to get more bang for your buck uh, helping the No Agenda yeah. show with the Euro at a buck thirty-four-five. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dame um, Murasaki eight in Darwin, Australia. Yeah, two hundred. Uh, hi, Adam and John. Happy post one 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 days. Despite asking for karma on the wrong day, it made it through, mm. and I passed my subject. So here's a donation as thanks, $200. Uh, I thought I might 
which, by the way, is Australian dollars way up, too. Yeah. So the, here's a donation. Uh, I thought it might also tell you about the big nuisance of Obama coming to visit Darwin. Roads closed and pretty much the whole city locked down for the afternoon. Yeah. By the way, he, this guy is a nightmare when he shows up someplace. Yeah. A lot of cities are refusing to let him in. Because here's the deal. They, they've, I've got this from local authorities. They wanted to visit part of the Pacific Northwest, and the first thing, the frontmen come in early. Mm-hmm. The advance team comes into town, and they yeah. go into the, the... The forward operating base, I think, is, as it's known. And they say, okay, here's what you're going to have to Here's what you're gonna have to do. Here's what you're going to have to spend. And here's what's going to cost. Gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't even guarantee the president's going to come. <laughs> but he might be a no-show. And, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll yeah, give we you... want you to drop about, a, <laughs> typically for one little town... Two million, a right? Quarter of, well, a quarter to a million dollars. A quarter of a million to a million dollars in bull crap. Yeah. And then the guy might not show up. Wow. Who needs this aggravation? Do we come, do we, I don't know if these guys care about the economy. You know, and this, by the way, so I'm watching this thing in Australia with the Obama, which I'll be talking about a little later. Oh, in good, the show. me too. Yeah, I got a clip and of it too. Did you, did you see the size of the door? You know, he drives that. He they drag that stupid yeah. car all over the well, world. Well, it's, it's the I think it's the same size as the door of a 747. It's about yeah, it's about a foot thick door. Yeah, yeah, it's ludicrous. <laughs> that that's when his ego inflates; it doesn't pop out the window. So anyway, so uh, Dame uh, Murasaki eight. Uh, he wants you to play, or she wants you to play, um, win, lose, or drone. Oh, okay. Well, uh, hold on a second. <clears throat> Although we, uh, there's, there's no real reason for it, but if she wants it, no problem. Ladies and gentlemen, especially for Dame Murasaki Ace. Win, lose, or drone. That's right. When you send us money and donate, we'll do anything. We are total whores. That's right. From the land of the drones, this is... Win, lose, Anytime. All right. Anyway, only for, we do all these special requests for the nights. Yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. That's it, right? Oh, That'll well. be our group. I want to remind everybody to go to noagendashow.com, org slash NA, channeldevorak.com slash NA, and uh, noagendanation.com to help us on the upcoming Sunday show. Uh, we're gonna, going into a, a week of, of absolute abject misery and probably poverty yeah. as we enter Thanksgiving when uh, – Pretty much everyone leaves the country. Or but, I don't know but, what happens. But of course, but, we will uh, We will be doing our uh, annual tradition on Thanksgiving, and we will be telling everyone about how fake the Thanksgiving holiday is, which is always fun to do. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. you, you can't get enough of that. <laughs> no, you can't. Dvorak.org slash N-A. And then we have a couple of PR mentions, uh, two literally. Uh, we have... Um, uh, we have yet a new variation on a standard theme, which is very good. Uh, after winning the Best Podcast in the Universe uh, podcast award, uh, we now have the domain name forwarding to noagendashow.com. Uh, the Best Podcast in the Universe.com is forwarding to the show. I guess this is a variation. I guess we had Best Podcast in the Universe.com. This is now The Best Podcast in the Universe.com. And also, uh, we have uh, campmofo.net. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, highly appreciated. Uh, and also forwarding to curry.com, lonestar.campmofo.net. So those are uh, great domain name forwarders. Thank you very much for all of that. And, of course, you can always do one very important thing, which is go out and propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth.
my favorite news story that we kind of missed the last couple uh, shows. Mm. I just thought this was hilarious. This came on the Voice of America. This is the headline. Japan opens Fukushima uh, nuclear plant to media. <laughs> yeah. Send those guys in. Bus. Okay, get in. Send those guys in. You know, Bloomberg, by the way, Mayor Bloomberg was talking about the media uh, at Occupy in uh, in New York, you know, the media was kept away during the sweep. You know that, right? Yeah, no, during the, they actually, we were watching it live, as you recall. That's why I sent you the mail. Right. Uh, yeah, no, they took the media and they roused all of them. And, and which I wrote a column, by the way, I think it ran, I don't know, yesterday in PC Magazine discussing some of the aspects of this. Like, it's interesting that in the, uh, during the riots in Egypt, the media would set up shop on the roofs and they would send up a satellite link and they'd give us right. all these images. Right. Now, but in your, our own country, they can't <laughs> even get a, a camera in. Let Anderson Pooper in. He should have been down there with boots on the ground. Well, here's Bloomberg's uh, quote about uh, why uh, it's all about rights. The police department routinely keeps members of the press uh, off to the side in, oh. when they're in the middle of a police action. It's to prevent uh, a situation from getting worse and to protect the members of the press who have the same rights as everybody else. <laughs> this is that's a really good one. I hadn't I, I would have never come up with that. It's yeah, to protect their rights. <laughs> Hold on a second. Hey, Bloomberg, you're an idiot. Who's buying that? It's to protect their rights. What right would that be? Uh, the right to freedom? Uh, I don't understand. Dickhead. Yeah, it was all ridiculous. But anyway, now it's kind of semi-out of control. It'll be fun to see how they kind of reel this back in. Hmm, interesting. You and there, there's no, and there's still nobody, there's still no, they managed to stay with the leaderless concept. So they can't shoot anybody. Right. There was a really good, uh, it's a little corny because it's typically typical left-wing propaganda, but it was done on uh, Free Speech TV, a documentary on COINTELPRO, where they just basically started assassinating people. Hey, John, hold on one second. All of a sudden, for some unknown reason, you just you went into, like, uh, AM radio mode. I'm in AM. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Coming to you. <laughs> Coming to you from the big KFRC. C call me back, all right? Uh, we might as well reconnect. I don't know what happened. Call me back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's bound to happen. Yeah. It's uh it's just bound to happen. Well we'll see. Although I it looks like the connect the connection is all everything's okay, so I don't know exactly why that happened. Maybe it was something on John's end. All right. How's this? Is it any better? I'm sure it's my uh, side. Yeah. Is uh Buzzkill Jr. up there? No, he's got nothing to do with it. But I, I did get a message saying I just reconnected or something on the uh, screen. Oh, okay. Just when you said when you started complaining, it was just like, "What happened?" Okay, all right. So anyway, that probably happened again. Uh, so uh, uh, while we anyway, we, this whole thing's a I don't know. No, no, I, I think we call it exactly. We called exactly what it is, and yeah, there is the ninety nine percent movement. That's very different from the Occupy movement, and uh, everything we predicted is coming true. Every single thing, and I'm looking now. There's like, you know, there's cops everywhere and it's like they're doing full sweeps, you know, it's a, and I think the, the, the party line here is um, you got your message across time to move on. You know, apparently there's an expiration date on the freedom of speech. 
It's like two yeah. months is enough. That, that, that's what everyone's and saying. When they say, you know, I think if they would have stuck with that, let's pass the jobs bill <laughs> more yeah, often, yeah, yeah. they'd still be there. Yeah, of course. No, now they went to we can't wait. So it's a new campaign. We've got to reset everything. But meanwhile, uh, Occupy Australia is, uh, is really uh, ramping up uh, as um, Australia is now about to become the 51st state of the United States of Gitmo Nation, and we're very proud of it. very pleased to be able to announce with President Obama <coughs> that we've agreed... Did you see that? She's got like a hairball. ...joint initiatives to enhance our alliance, 60s years old and being kept robust for tomorrow. It is an, a new agreement to expand the existing collaboration between the Australian Defence Force and the US Marine Corps and the US Air Force. <laughs> what this means in very practical detail is from mid-2012, Australia will welcome deployments of a company-sized rotation of 200 to 250 Marines. Yeah, that's, what, that's how it starts out, people. <laughs> that's well, how it starts out. Yeah. I got a couple of interesting clips from this because I actually was watching Fox mm-hmm. as they were showing this live. It was some, it was like midnight yeah. or something. Yeah. And they had Obama and they, he was up there with her and they were doing a press conference. And the press conferences were so weird because, first of all, the questioner from the media asks a million questions before he sits down, and which gives the, the person an opportunity not to answer anything. Right. And Obama... I want you to play the one clip, Obama in Australia, but Obama goes into his droning answers where he doesn't answer anything and and hogs the mic. And in one or two instances, there was one answer lasted 12 minutes where he never said anything because the question was, are we going to do cap and trade? And he went, well, and he went on. But this is – this I'm, I didn't put too much of this on there, but I do have one lone example, the Obama in Australia clip. You can play it. Until you'll you'll see where you should probably decide to kill it. Uh, we'll turn to taking some questions. I think we'll probably take one from the Australian media first. It's Phil Hudson. Uh, Philip Hudson from the Melbourne Herald Sun. Mr President, welcome back to Australia. Thank you very much. Um, UN Prime Minister Gillard have outlined what is for us a significant uh, new US troop build-up. How much of this uh, is because you're worried about the rise of China? And under today's deal, U.S. Marines will be, for the first time, conducting exercises by themselves on Australian soil. Why is that and what will they be doing? Uh, And, Mr President, you also mentioned in your remarks uh, that Afghanistan is not an easy mission. Um, In the past few months, there have been three cases for Australia where our troops have been shot at by the the Afghan soldiers we've been training, and sadly uh, four of our soldiers have died and many others have been injured. Australian public opinion is, uh, is strongly blah, against our blah, involvement blah. continuing. Yeah. You, you outlined the, um, just then the, uh, the drawdown. But what do you say? To- well, this is all prepared, right? This is all, uh, this is all this is a Murdoch publication, and this is all set up. He knows the questions are coming. There's nothing new here, right? There's nothing it's new. It's the length of the questions and then his answers that got me. This, he just will not answer anything. He just blathers. I mean, you know, they, when they bitched and moaned about O'Reilly doing an interview with him and interrupting him, you have yeah, you to. You have to interrupt the guy. Yeah, he's boring. Listen to this answer. Listen to this the answer. Australian people who don't want to wait, who want to leave immediately. Okay. Well. Oi, everybody. First, with respect to these new initiatives, uh, this rotational deployment, uh, well, this, first of all, that's a code. Rotational deployment is some kind of code that we're not understanding. It means something. Yeah. 
is significant because what it allows us to do is to not only build capacity uh, and uh, cooperation between our two countries, but it also allows us to meet the demands of a lot of partners in the region that uh, want to feel that they're getting the training, they're getting the exercises, and that we have the presence that's necessary to maintain uh, the security architecture in the region. Uh, and so... Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> How much time did you spend on doing that? <laughs> How long did it take you? Let me listen to this. Uh, as <laughs> Julia mentioned... <laughs> That's when I'm watching him answer questions like on that on, on TV like that. It's literally what it feels like that the whole world is slowing down. <laughs> just, uh, nah, that's funny. That's good. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, this is the uh, uh, you know uh, the, uh, our Australian producers. They should be really outraged about this. this is, oh yeah, uh, this is ridiculous. We're bringing in 250 Marines, and that's going to increase to two. 2500 rather quickly so i caught this little thing going on that was on pbs the, the clip is is marines in australia but let me set it up um the guy who was doing the p this is an npr pbs on the news hour the guy believe me this is about the fifth iteration of him asking one of these two guests who are both from the kind of the security agency background uh area uh each time he, he says, why are we there? Why are we there? And he go back to the other guy. Why are we there? He finally got this guy to crack a little bit and, and explain it. And it's not just for the, you think, you know, it's like 250 to 2,500. Just listen to this answer. When he finally answers the question, it's like, we're setting up shop in Australia. Rest of Hawaii intact. Professor Higley, uh, you heard Jeffrey Bader use the word presence just like the president did. But why is it necessary to have a presence? They're not putting uh, 250 nurses or 250 <laughs> soccer players there. Or hookers. I mean, let's do something good for the Australians. Yeah, well, yeah soccer players. <laughs> hookers. We're putting 250 United States Marines going up to 2,500 to defend who from what? Well, it's not, I think, in the first go-round a defensive move of any significance. Bear in mind also that there's going to be additional uh, deployments. Uh, it looks like uh, parts of some vessels in the U.S. Navy will have access to the uh, port in Western Australia that the Australian Navy operates. We'll have uh, Air Force uh, bomber fighters uh, using uh, a target range in uh, the Northern Territory for practice. Uh, and so I think that what is really being done here is to ratchet up uh, an already close collaboration between the two militaries. We're going to use Aborigines for target practice. <laughs> Hey, ratchet up. Ratchet no, no up. No one's mentioned anything about the Air Force and the <laughs> Navy setting up shop. Why don't they just give us a section of their country? What is the deal with this? Did the Australians ask for this, or why are we there? I think that his question is still valid. What's the deal? Now, they talk about, well, China's, you know, they – the, the countries in Southeast Asia are worried that China is going to, like, overwhelm them. Oh, that's them. a red herring. You know that is. I think is. so, too. That's the whole crap. thing is, I don't know. Like, there's there's a lot more to this than meets the eye, and I don't like the looks of it. Well, we have to figure out what the code is for uh, rotational occupation, whatever they called Employment. it. Employment. Yeah. Well, I'm going to call it occupation. I think we're, we're just occupying. <laughs> it's done. 
Yeah. We won't need a visa anymore. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Oi. Uh, we're, I'm here from America. You're our 51st state. I'm from I'm from Texas. It feels a lot the same down here. But y'all cook funny. <laughs> wow. What does this kangaroo meat taste like? <laughs> hey, I've had kangaroo meat. Yeah, how is it? Yeah, like chicken. One of the few uh, things I haven't had. It tastes like chicken. Yeah. It's uh, actually, you get the steak that you get is it's a big steak. It should taste like possum, it seems to me. No, no. It's a it's, marsupial. It's, ve- it's a gamey. It's Ever uh, had possum? Uh, no. You will. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. It's uh, it's good. Uh, I, we're, I, I think uh, if we ever get around to getting a ranch here, I think I'm going to get me some ostrich and some llamas. <laughs> yeah, typical California douchebag moves to Texas and gets a llama. We are we are getting our plates removed so quickly. People here are not liking the Californians. <laughs> like eh, California's uh, coming you know, here. They'll be getting a ranch and buying some llamas. llama and some ostrich and crap. Uh, we don't need them douchebags down here. Bleh. So, um, you know, the the big distraction of the, of the little bit of television that I was able to catch here and there is uh, the whole uh, Penn State thing. And, and, I, and I have a bit of a theory. Um, and do you have anything on, on Sandusky and, and all this I stuff? Couple, I have a couple of uh, clips uh, and some comment. Uh, I figured that, you know, everything still keeps falling. I don't want to give you too many kudos, but I might as well since you got, you know, you're, you're light today. So you get kudos. Uh, I, I think there is a ring or something going on there because now that one guy who says, you know, they criticize him for seeing it, not taking action, says he did take action and he did call the cops. Yeah, and they did nothing. And they did nothing? What does exactly. that tell you? Well, here's the way I see it. This is all, so the distraction right now, and, you know, and boy, it was funny to see Anderson Pooper uh, talking to Adam Walsh. Was it Adam Walsh? John yeah. Walsh. No, John, uh, John Walsh. John Walsh. Yeah, they're talking about uh yeah, you know, and Anderson's like, well, you know, uh, I've done many pedophiles. He meant to say interview, but it came out kind of weird. I don't have a clip of it. But this is, uh, I think, all of this stuff, all of this distraction around. By the way, this guy got out on a $100,000 bail where they had asked for $500,000 and a Gitmo Nation ankle bracelet. But it uh, turns out the judge uh, in charge of the, uh, you know, of the, uh, of the bail proceeding as she is uh, on the board of this Second Mile Foundation. This is the ring, the Second Mile Foundation. They're going to do everything they can in the media to keep everyone away from looking at the Second Mile Foundation, which, by the way, was one of George Bush's one thousand seniors' 1,000 points of light. And we know George Bush has had all kinds of boys running around, male prostitutes in the middle of the night getting... Uh, uh, tours of the White House. This is this. this I, I I'm working on it, but I guarantee you, I can bring this back to the Franklin uh, cover up. You know, the uh, Boys Town, USA. This is huge, John. And, and when you see the donors of the of the of the Second Mile Foundation, it, you, it's unbelievable. You've got uh, all the big banks. It's like it's a huge organization, and all the elites are in it. All of them. Well, you're probably on to something. Uh, I, I know you don't like it because, you know, you just don't like it. But listen, here's, here's a, a list. J.P. Morgan Chase, Price Waterhouse, Heritage Hills Golf Resort, the Philadelphia Phillies, Quaker State, 
uh, Blue Shield, Susquehanna Bank. Um, it's, you know, Mark Wahlberg, by the way, also uh, very active in the Second Mile Foundation. Oops, we got to stay away from that. They've changed their website. They're taking people off now. People are calling up and saying, hey, man, take my name off the list. I don't want to be on there anymore. Um, I, I think that this is, um, this is a big, big, big deal. Well, they'll cover it up faster than you can say big deal. Well, I'm, uh, I'm getting all kinds of documents, which I, I just haven't had the time to, to go yeah, through Yeah, you it, can but. take your time with this one. Uh, let's play a couple of clips that we do have. The Bob Costas, are you a pedophile clip? Uh, Bob Costas, apparently this guy, this Sandusky is an idiot. Bob P- Costas talking to his lawyer yeah. on the uh, on on this on a, the news show, that new news show on NBC. And, and this idiot calls up to do some interviews. And I just want to play two clips. One is the are you a pedophile clip that Bob Costas asks him blatantly. And the guy, you know, does all the classic, you yeah. know, repeating himself and all right. this sort of thing. Anyway, play this. So just get a little a background. No. Are you sexually attracted to young boys, to underage boys? Am I sexually attracted to yes. underage boys? Oh, repeating the question. <laughs> boys. Sexually attracted, you know, no, I, I enjoy young people. <laughs> I, oh I love idiot. to be around them. Um, I, I, but no, I'm not sexually <laughs> oh attracted to young boys. But this is the distraction, John. The distraction is focused on, you know, these guys are going to be thrown yeah, no, under the bus. Yeah, and I think I'm a total on, on board with you. But as a distraction, it does bring the possibility of some amazing uh, – it's a great distraction. It's a really entertaining distraction. I hate to say it that way. But uh, – and the best example is John Stewart. I have this clip. John Stewart – Said did one of his few serious things a few shows back when this broke, and he wasn't going to talk about it. But he couldn't take it anymore. And he uh, he had to do something funny, kind of. I mean, he's more of a more ridiculing funny. And I, to be honest about it, I think this is one of the funniest little, just a very funny bit because he brings out something that even the media didn't bring out uh, at the very end of this of his of his bit here called on John Stewart on Sandusky interview. Question. It wasn't going to get easier. What about Mike McQuarrie, the grad assistant who in 2002 walked into the shower where he says in specific detail that you were forcibly raping a boy who appeared to be 10 or 11 years old? We were showering and, and horsing around, <laughs> and he actually turned all the showers on and was uh, actually sliding uh, across the, uh, the floor, and, um, and we were... As I recall, possibly like snapping a towel on horseplay. First of all, good on Bob Costas. Nice job. Second of all, horseplay? Are you kidding us? Horseplay? You know, horseplay. Horseplay is wrestling your friend out of a pillow fort. Throwing your nephew into the pool, various other things. That would be never mistaken for rape. <laughs> By the way, in case you're wondering, where the hell is Sandusky's lawyer while he's saying all this? He's sitting right next to Bob Costas. <laughs> would you allow your own children to be alone with your client? Absolutely. 
I, I, I believe in Jerry's innocence. Uh, quite honestly, Bob, that's why I'm involved in the case. Right, you'd leave your kids alone with Jerry Sandusky. Um, are the kids you would leave alone with them any of the kids you had when you impregnated a teenage client back in 1996? Oh. When you were at the time 49 years old? What kind of creepy guy club do you both belong to? <laughs> I'm, I'm not a lawyer here, but again, if you're accused of sex with minors... Forcible sex. Maybe your criteria for finding a defense lawyer shouldn't be also has issues with sexual boundaries. <laughs> There's more to this, I think. By the and way, by the that's way, I good. Think he, I think Stuart, yeah, it's very funny. But I think Stuart kind of hit on your basic thing, the creepy guy The creepy club. guy club, yeah. Well, here's another example of the creepy guy club. Uh, Ken Frazier... CEO and president of Merck Pharmaceuticals is heading up uh, the Penn State in-house investigation of the scandal. I bet you, I bet you that there's also vaccine trials going on on these kids at Second Mile. This thing is huge. This is this is a, this is really, really, really disgusting. And of course, what you're seeing on the mainstream media is exactly this. It's all going to focus on just the ped- pedophilia uh, portion of it, which is you know horrific as is. But wow, you know, and bring it. Yeah, my goodness, man. We have had the Catholic Church. Yeah, can I play one more clip? Because this one here was, this one was the real eye roller amongst a group of us. Myself, JC, and his girlfriend were watching this. And we, it was just like, what did this guy just say? And this is O'Reilly. Uh, trying to explain, you know, trying to, you know, he's disgusted by the whole thing, but the way he presents it, it's like, what? Well, wait a minute here. That's not what normal. And he also said, go well. Sandusky also said, Nicole, that he did take showers with boys. I mean, which is, again, that's not what normal adults do um, if they're not your own children. You know, I mean, you just don't do that to people not in your house. <laughs> what? <laughs> but they were in his house, actually. It, well, you know, it's funny, but this this is like, I'm thinking of this. What is, does O'Reilly have any kids? Does he think that, you know, when when you're ro- ro- wandering around your own house, you're saying, hey, uh, you hey, guys look, out of the bathroom yet? Let me, I'm going to come in and shower with you. take a shower. Hey, oh, hey move over. I'm going to take a shower with you, boy. Oh, I mean, wow. give me a break. Yeah. No, this is, uh, uh, again, I'm getting all kinds of interesting documents. There's tons of people doing research on this stuff, as you can imagine. And uh, you'll see. You'll see that this. Yeah, you'll see how fast you get swept under the carpet. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I'm going to stay on it for the next decade. Because this is the Second Mile Foundation. This is the real one. This is really, really, really big. This is really big. I mean, just go ahead and read, even if you just read the court dockets, which is in the previous show show notes. The Child Protective Services knew about the 1998 allegations. They knew about it. And that's okay. That's a criminal organization right there. Child well, Protective that's always Services. been the case. It's, you're talking about a bad one. The one in Texas is considered the worst. In the yeah, country. I know. Hey, thanks. You got any more positive news for our move, douche? <laughs> That's not just right. Stop it. Stop it. So you know. And then something else that came out, and, uh, and I'm sure there's a reason for this. 
Something that we have, you know, we've discussed it on this show so many times. It was you started on it and I'm talking 100 episodes back. But all of a sudden I'm seeing the, the mainstream media congratulating themselves on how great they are. And this is what good reporting is. This is who knew about this. This is crazy. We never knew this. I'm so glad that we reported on this because we're great. Uh, insider trading on the stock market. If you are a member of Congress, uh, those laws are deemed yeah. not to apply. So congressmen get a pass on insider trading. They do. The fact is, if you sit on a health care committee and you know that Medicare, for example, is, is considering not reimbursing uh, for a certain drug, that's market-moving information. And if you can trade stock on, off of that information and do so legally, uh, that's a great profit-making opportunity. And that sort of behavior goes on. Why does Congress get a pass on this? It's really the way the rules have been defined. And the people who make the rules uh, are the political class in Washington. And they've conveniently written them in such a way that that they don't apply to themselves. So are these guys just 100 episodes behind on listening to our show, or what is it? I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Yeah, we also talked about something else. If you just recall, it was just mentioned in passing, I think on the last show or the show before, they're out to somebody, and I think it's the Democrats, they're out to get rid of Pelosi. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're right, because I was like, why? So this, of course, is not unknown. Everyone in, in, uh, in the news. It's, it's old news. news. And, and who was targeted? Yeah, no, Pelosi was targeted because of the whole uh, the visa thing. Is that your Pelosi clip here to play that yeah, one? Yeah, and uh. they target her. And the thing was, is she's so stupid and arrogant that she refused to do a, like a sit-down or anything where you, you actually have control. It was 60 minutes in these situations with politicians pretty much gets told what they can and cannot do. Right. And they go along with the program. But Pelosi, like a moron, yeah. says, uh, oh, you know, I don't feel like coming in for anything. But I'll tell you what, Sue, so why don't you sit down during my next press conference and you can ask me in public the question you want to ask, which they do. <laughs> who's, which her, who's her PR angel? Who's her publicist? <laughs> Obviously, somebody doesn't like her. Because this, this was the worst situation. I mean, she was. this was a humiliating thing. She just made her look like an arrogant jerk. Troublesome piece of legislation that would have hurt credit card companies began making its way through the House. Undisturbed by a potential conflict of interest, the Pelosi's purchased 5,000 shares of Visa at the initial price of $44. Two days later, it was trading at 64 The credit card legislation never made it to the floor of the House. Congresswoman Pelosi also declined our request for an interview, but agreed to call on us if we attended a news conference. Madam Leader, um... I wanted to ask you why you and your husband, back in March of 2008, um, accepted and participated in a very large IPO deal from Visa. At a time, there was major uh, legislation affecting their credit card companies making its way through the, um, through the House. And what? did you consider that to be a conflict of interest? I don't know what your point is of your question. Is there some point that you want to make with that? Yeah, are you a douchebag? That's our point. Well, I, I guess what I'm asking is, do you think it's all right for uh, a speaker uh, to accept uh, a very preferential and favorable uh, stock deal? Well, we did You participated in the IPO. Well, I have many And at the time, you were Speaker of the House. You don't that. think it was a conflict of interest or had the appearance no, of a conflict not, of interest? No, it only has the appearance if you decide that you're going to have a, a, a elaborate on a false premise. But it, it, it's not true, and that's that. I don't understand <laughs> what part's not true. Yes, sir. Um, that I, that I would you. act upon an investment. 
<laughs> You're right. Yeah. Uh, so that was my initial uh, thinking as well. And this is this is what's it's happening. Not true. And that's that. That's that. No, this is an attack on Pelosi. They want her out. Um, and I believe, I believe this is uh, this has got to be coming from Wall Street. Um, Wall Street is so angry with the Obama administration. They are just pouring money into everything, anything they can do to get the whole, to discredit everything, the entire administration, get everybody out, everybody. There's a, there was another thing. Um, there was another scandal. Oh, man. Um, i got to look for it here. It was yet another one of these. Oh, um, one of these like $400 million investments by the uh, Obama uh Administration, hold on. Uh, against smallpox, hold on. Find it here. Um, Ronald Perlman. Now we know Perlman, right? He uh, didn't he own like a cosmetics company as well. Perlman. He's, Perlman. I, I'm about to wiki him. Yeah. He. Uh, well, why don't you uh, consult the book of knowledge? So his uh, company. Got a four hundred and thirty-three million dollar no-bid contract to uh, the company is Siga Technologies S I G A uh, to come up with a vaccine for smallpox. Now, I believe smallpox has been eradicated from uh, the the entire Earth since like the early seventies, and of course Perlman is a huge, longtime Democratic Party donor. So this news coming out now, all of a sudden, in the Los Angeles Times, it's, uh, there, is an, there is an attack going on, a huge attack. And this is not abnormal for an election cycle, but, you know, what's coming up, you know, th- I mean, come on, $433 million for uh, experimental smallpox drug? I mean, come on, John. Smallpox is like, we don't need a drug for smallpox, do we? Well, the concern is... Uh, oh, wait, dr- wait, let me let me guess. Terrorism? Yes. Yeah, okay. Because there's about three batches of smallpox that are held right. in private, right. private labs, and so they're gonna, they can leverage that as well. You know, the bad guys are going to get a hold of it, and they're going to release it, and nobody's, except and, and people over 50, nobody under 50 has had a smallpox vaccine and it'll kill everybody or something. I don't know. Right. right. Yeah. Well, so, so, okay. So the LA times is so in on this. So they write literally the last time an American was diagnosed with the disease was 1949. And there is no credible evidence that any other country or a terrorist group possesses smallpox. So uh, we're the only ones, but it's it's just another uh, chink in the armor. You know, it's just like just going systematically discrediting Everybody and everything. I saw on C-SPAN that the Solyndra thing is, you know, they're heating that up. It's like, and and the American public will catch on. They will. This is going to work, this strategy. They are going to get very, very angry and be very fed up with this. And uh, if Obama uh, doesn't decide to quit and let uh, Gabby Giffords in, uh, I think he could lose. No matter what idiot we put uh, we put up front on the Republican side, yeah. Well, it will be an idiot, and it won't, <laughs> it'll be any because it won't be Ron Paul. No, which no, brings it's... me right back into another segue. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I have two kind of Ron Paul clips 
uh, both from Fox, where they really hate the guy because he's obviously yeah, because he makes sense, right? Because he makes too much sense. So this play here's a cl- here's a classic one. Uh, this one's called "The Hannity Cannot Even Read Ron Paul's Name." Ron Paul, they did a survey on what's going to happen in Iowa. Ron Paul is basically sweep. He's going to sweep it. He could easily beat it, and they they but they have the survey that they have. I think it's uh, Gingrich at twenty percent and Ron Paul at nineteen percent. Or something. Or well, one no, of them, but, but the Gingrich. Or, no, I think Herman Cain at 20. Well, I was going to say. But Ging- then they have a plus and minus 4%, which means that Ron Paul's probably at 23%, and they're using this variable. They can shove him down, and that's the furthest they could get him. So they so then, meanwhile, they got all these other guys. So Hannity, listen to this very carefully when Hannity reads off the list of people who are and what their, what their scores are. All right, here are the polls. Iowa, dead heat. Kane, 20 percent. Newt Gingrich, 19 percent. Mitt Romney, 18 percent. Oh, I'm sorry, Ron Paul, 19 percent. Gingrich, 17 uh, percent. Yeah, he, he doesn't advertise on Fox. That's why you don't advertise. You don't get you don't get in. He gives Gingrich the wrong number. Yeah. yeah. And then he forgets Paul and then he blah, 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 makes up for it. The another example of this, again, on Fox, Fox sleazeballs. This this show called The Five, which is their version oh, of The View, oh, where they always have Gil Well, da- Dana Perino's on there, and she's kind of hot. I like watching she's her. She's pretty, but they won't yeah. put her on the end showing her legs. She, she's right. always got pants on. I think she I, must I, have I, Yeah, I think she has bad legs. She I has agree. bad legs, yeah. but, but Guilfoyle... The the the, the yeah. brunette. Yeah, Fox she's she's always there brunette. with her, yeah with her skirt on. Yeah, I know. She got her skirt way up. She's got her yeah. legs. Show, she got great legs, and she likes showing them off. And she's on the end always showing them off. And I just but like this to, is, I just like to point out to new listeners that this is the uh, Curry Dvorak Consulting Group that you hear speaking. We understand ratings, and this is how you get ratings is by doing this. It's all about the positioning. Who's got the better legs? You put her on the end. Get the skirt hiked up. Get the shot. And so, uh, and people, I think, who listen to the show know that we're doing this analytically. Yeah, no, uh, of course. Uh, anyway, this is the five uh, with, uh, and the guy mentions Ron Paul. And they're going to talk about who can win the nomination, and then they and they analyze who might be good, and they keep bringing in the idiot Bachman, you know, the waterboarding queen, and <laughs> and it's like just play this. Hope for someone that does stand for smaller government. Smaller taxation. Well, a lot, there are a lot of these guys, their conservative Name, choice uh, didn't run. Bachman. Right. Uh, or is that Rick now? Perry. You know, um, not Ron Paul because he has other issues, but for the most part, those two. That's all them. The guys that are polling the strongest, if you check it out, the McClatchy poll. He's got other issues. What, what are, the, are the other issues? Not Ron Paul. He's got other issues. Yeah, what are, what are his issues? He's not on board with the program. That's the issue. He's not playing fair. Yeah, yeah, he's not playing fair. He's not playing the game. He's not. Good. He doesn't have whatever the douchebag line of the day is. He doesn't yeah. have it. He wants to legalize yeah. marijuana. He wants to pull out of all these foreign. He wouldn't definitely would not be putting twenty five hundred troops plus a navy fleet plus an air force fleet in, in Australia. Australia. By the way, speaking of Bachman, uh, you know my favorite thing that came out of the Occupy movement is the mic check. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I think and th- it's so it's dumb. No, I like it because yeah, it, yeah. It, distru- it, di- it disrupts it, no, it disrupts things so beautifully and everyone understands it now. So if you're just in a crowd and someone's just being a douchebag, all you have to do is go mic check and everyone will go, oh, crap. All right. Mic check. And then you can just say whatever you want and people will repeat it. It's perfect price contracting. Let me talk about that. American consumers, for instance, Mike if you- check, Mike check, Mike check, Mike check. <laughs> the 
<laughs> you should see her face. She's like bewildered. What? And everyone's like, shut up, sit down. Pandemonium. It goes on forever. And you can't, you can't beat a mic check. You can't. It's like if you've got enough people there, you can't beat it. There's no microphone that stands up to it. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I really, well, really and like it. Well, like that is pretty funny. Yeah, and it's I, great. I, I'm absolutely convinced that these people, uh, Bachman and the rest of them, I, Ron Paul may be the exception here, have no clue what's going on when this no. happens. No, she's thinking, who is this Mike, and why is he yelling yeah, at me? Mike? Is he a Czechoslovakian? <laughs> hey, Mike, stop that, Where's man. Where's Mike the Czech? Mike. I mean, what is, what's she talking about? Mike, talking don't, about? Listen, Mike. Don't, don't, don't do that. Can we go over to Gitmo Nation Europe for a second, just because uh, that's Take now it. completely out of the news and no one's paying any attention. Uh, meanwhile, the euro took a nice little dip uh, the other day. It was down to 134. Uh, you know, so, uh, th- Big and- deal. It's got to get down to 95 cents. Oh, it's got it's to it's go to 80. Now, a couple well, things. 80 where it's been. It's been to 80 before, and things were good when it was at 80. Yeah. So a couple things happening. Um, first of all, the IMF director, uh, Antonio Borges, which, by the way, if you know anything about the Borges name, uh, you saw the series on uh, on Showtime. You know, he's a total douchebag. But we come from a douchebag background. He resigned all of a sudden. And uh, the thinking here is, you know, because he was actually um, saying that it was a good idea for the IMF to buy the Italian and the Greek bonds. And so all of a sudden he's like, he's gone. Replaced by Reza Meshgin, Meshgin, M-E-S-H-G-I-N. And uh, so I look around at this guy and who was an American uh, or he's, I, I think he's an American he has citizenship. He is the CEO of MFlex. And MFlex makes such wonderful things as uh, flexible circuit boards for RFID systems. So it's nice to have the, so, you know, the, the money uh, will soon be tattooed into your arm. You know, that's coming. We're really happy about that. Then we have Berlusconi, uh, who, of course, uh, has resigned. And now they have uh, an entire new Italian government uh, led by Super Mario. Uh, he's in Monty Mario Monty. Uh, let me just so they have an entirely unelected government now. The uh, Minister of Infrastructure and Economic Development uh, is Corando Passera, chief executor of one of Italy's biggest banks, the Intesa San Paolo. The Foreign Minister is going to be Giolo Terzi di Sant'Agata, who is currently the ambassador to Washington. Interior Minister uh, Anna Maria Cancellieri. Uh, and she's a woman, but I, I thought her name was just interesting. But she's also unelected. Justice Minister uh, is uh, a lawyer who had jurisdiction over four of the Berlusconi uh, corruption trials, which, of course, failed. <laughs> so uh, this is exactly the way the bankers want it. And, and Mario, of course, uh, Goldman Sachs advisor. So this is perfect. Willow, by the way, sent me a note and she said, hey, don't believe the hype and the propaganda that the the BBC is uh, shoving in your face. People are not celebrating. People know they're screwed. Everyone's really depressed in Italy. She lives in Italy. And she also said, interesting fact, that the 21% VAT, the 1%, uh, uh, well, actually the 5% uh, uptick going from 20 to 21% was actually implemented two months ago which I thought was interesting because that's being reported as part of the new austerity measures. But the real news 
That's Com- interesting. Yeah. Oh, and well, the fact that the BBC is showing people really happy and you know they're all celebrating. She said that's bull crap. By the way, uh, Berlusconi released a uh, an album of uh, love songs. Thank you, darling. On uh, Wednesday, um, I guess he. Uh, I don't know. I, I tried to get a copy of it, but I couldn't uh, quick, quick enough for the show. But anyway, uh, Haiku Herman is uh, is out doing uh, doing the deed. And I have two little clips here from Haiku Herman. As predicted, he's actually using my favorite word now, harmonization. This entire thing was a setup. It was set up by the bankers to begin with. They set it up with the, with the phony baloney derivatives, hiding assets uh, or hiding debt on the balance sheets. And now the banks are moving in, the World Bank, the IMF, taking over Europe. And here it comes, slaves. Bend over because you're going to get harmonization of tax and social services. In terms of deepening economic union, is there a need for harmonization in certain areas such as taxation or even some social fields? Should there be a limited mutualization of public debt? And what further regulations are needed for the financial sector? So that's the question, and now he answers it. The task I see for us is clear. We have to bring the economic monetary union to a solid end state. <laughs> There's this strengthening of cooperation among the 17. I repeat, among the 17, no more, no fewer. There you go. It's the two-speed Europe. If you're on board with the euro, then, you get, uh, then you're in in the club and otherwise get the hell out. Create a two-tier Europe. <coughs> this has been much exaggerated talk about this. Yes, you think it's exactly, it's good, it's good. Shut up, I'll make a haiku against you. It's time to de-dramatize this debate. We now need to go further and we need both fiscal discipline and economic and fiscal integration focused on growth. Let me see. What does that mean, John? Fiscal integration. What do you think, what do you think he's talking about there? Focused on growth. Don't you it think? means that uh, everyone can be taxed for from everything. Europe, from Brussels, exactly. Not only to punish the sinners. The what? sinners! We must punish the sinners! Wow. <laughs> yeah. I what? love it. I can't believe they let him get away with this punish the sinners. Let's hear it again. They're all sinners, by the way. We've already uh, documented the fact that none of them, uh, none of them, have followed the Maastricht uh, Treaty, which is what the, what they're talking about, mm-hmm. and they've all gone over the numbers, including well, Germany. So I'm going to I'm going pre- to predict what's going to happen next. Just list, list, 20 more seconds of Haiku Herman to punish the sinners, punish them, but also to link our policies, mm. to demonstrate that we share a common destiny. Uh-huh. We need to acknowledge that this means a sharing of sovereignty for all members of the euros a sharing of sovereignty you don't say well since the german bundestag just voted uh, essentially uh, in favor of uh, changing the treaties which you know you recall and this is how this show started out when i started reading the lisbon treaty and went like this is bull crap that's when we, we kind of started the show around that time um, this this Lisbon Treaty was initially the European Constitution, and everyone read the Constitution and said, "Screw that! We're not going to give up our sovereignty." So they said, "Oh, well, then let's do it differently. Let's pull it apart and we make all these protocols. They're over there in documents you don't really see and stuff, and and we'll just call it the Lisbon Treaty, and it'll just be another move." And then they created this fake 
problem. And now I guarantee you we will see a European constitution. They'll probably announce it very quickly. It'll take a while for it to be written and everything. But uh, it'll be long. <laughs> what do you mean? It'll be, the Constitution will be it's long? It's not going to be like our Constitution. It's going to oh, be a no. huge, <laughs> giant phone book. It's going to be like our tax code, probably. And it will contain mainly tax code and, and giving up your sovereign rights. And this cannot end well. It never has. They've always tried to do this. No, this doesn't work. <laughs> do these people ever take a history course, for God's sake? They don't care. They want to be the boss of you. And it's and and wow, this the the words harmonization and uh, you know we all have to combine our sovereignty. Oh, this is so bad, and it's it's really it's bad. This is really really wrong. But as hey, at least they'll keep us employed for a while. We got something to oh, look yeah. at. Well, when the civil war breaks out, probably in within the next decade, and it all and Europe is burnt to rubble. We'll probably still be doing the show and saying we told you. We'll, then we can bring back that old theme song that we, we banned. Yeah, uh, what is it? We told you we so? We told you yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, okay, but we, we won't play it until someplace in Europe is burned down. Yeah, right, then we'll play it. <laughs> then we'll bring it back. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I feel I feel really horrible. And the, the worst thing is they're doing it in public view. See, this is, and what's, this is from Haiku Herman's own webpage. He releases he is so arrogant. This oh, yeah. guy. He releases these videos and they edit them so that you know it's like it's like Nazi propaganda. Uh, you know, it's they, not uh, like <laughs> well, it is. And then they edit the applause in at the end and everything. It's it's disgusting. It really. And by the way, new report came out. This is big. This is the uh, EMCDDA. And I'll tell you what that stands for uh, here. Hold on a second. Uh, it's a huge report. This is the European Monitoring Center for Drugs and Drug Addiction. And they came out, uh, they do a report every single year, and they basically uh, talk about the state of drugs in the United States of Europe, or as we call it, Euroland. And uh, I just have a couple of highlights. I'm only partially through this document. It's, uh, it's hundreds of pages. Um, the drug situation in perspective. In many respects, this year's report is one of contrasts. On the one hand, drug use appears to be relatively stable in Europe. Prevalence levels overall remain high by historical standards, but they are not rising. And in some important areas, such as cannabis use by young people, there are positive signs. On the other hand, there are worrying indications of developments in the synthetic drugs market, more generally in the way drug consumers now use a wider set of substances. Polydrug use, including the combination of illicit drugs with alcohol and sometimes medicines and non-controlled substances, has become the dominant pattern of drug use in Europe. In other words, the pharmaceutical industry is doing great. Internationally, particularly in North America, there has been an increasing concern about the availability and misuse of prescription opioids, mainly painkillers. The extent of this phenomenon in Europe is difficult to uh, access... To assess from the data currently available, moreover, direct comparisons between the European Union and other parts of the world are difficult to make, due in large part to considerable differences that exist in, pres in prescription patterns and regulations. Currently, illicit synthetic opioid use in Europe appears mainly to involve the consumption of substitution drugs diver diverted from drug treatment. In addition, some countries in northern and central Europe are now reporting the use of 
fentanyl. What is that, John? Fentanyl. I don't know. It's something. It's the one. Uh, I don't. You know, I did know once, and I don't know now. I don't know what it is. F e n t a n y l, which is likely. Yeah, you see, you, they used to spam people to get it. That's how I guess it was popular. I, I, I have no. I, well, I'll tell you what. Let me look it yeah, up. Why, why don't you look it up? Uh, uh, I'll consult the book of knowledge. Why don't you do that? There's also some worrying trends. Uh, our ecstasy is uh, is no longer no longer contains ecstasy. <laughs> the ecstasy in Europe pretty much doesn't contain MDMA anymore. Uh, it contains uh, PMK. And I don't, PMK. Wait, you, so people that are taking E, yeah, they're or, ta- or as I refer to it, generally speaking, as X. Yeah. For some X. reason, I don't know yeah. where I got into that. Yeah, it used to be X until it became hip, and then it was E. PMK, PMK glycidate. And alpha riddle. Fentanyl, which is also known as fentanyl, spelled differently, <laughs> yeah. uh, is a uh, opiate uh, derivative. Uh, it's fentanyl is approximately one hundred times more potent than morphine. Woo-hoo! With a hundred micrograms of fentanyl, approximately equivalent to ten milligrams of morphine, and seventy-five milligrams of mepadrine in analgesic activity it's just it's an opiate that's that's powerful right but it's made by the drug industry sure yeah of course this is what's groovy there's money to be made so understanding the market dynamics of opioids uh this of course is uh, they believe that there's a problem with the supply from afghanistan <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay Oh, we got to straighten that out with the, today's New York Times I'll mention when you're done. The possibility that supply reduction measures are reducing the heroin availability in Europe is supported by indications that some, but not all, EU countries experienced a heroin drought in late 2010. This may have also affected some non-EU countries, such as Russia and Switzerland. An alternative explanation put forward to explain this apparent shortage referred to a recent outbreak of poppy blight in some parts of Afghanistan. We talked about this on the show over we a did. year ago we when, when we were discussing, if you remember, the various growing seasons. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there was all this activity. We needed more troops and everything to, you know, to get in there. Well, yeah, we and we associated it with the poppy the harvest, growing. With the harvest. They had a bad harvest. Yeah, so it sucks. Anyway, the, the, the salient point here, and I want to congratulate Baron Stephen von Pelsmachers, because uh, all is well in the barony. The purest form of cocaine in all of Europe is found in Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, Brussels, of course. That's where you've got the... fries, you get your good cocaine. That's where you get your good coke. That's where all the elites are. They got to get some coke. Hey, we got a vote coming up. Yeah, man, let's get some Coke first. Let's get so Coke. So, in other words, what you're saying, where the EU meets. That's right. Is where the purest form of cocaine, which, by the way, only 51%. Huh. That's lame. I mean, I've never done Coke in my life, but it seems like 51% seems highly diluted to me. Probably is. I want to point something out here that. Uh, Today's New York Times front page. I don't want to. I want the theme. I just want to mention this. Yeah. Top story right at the top. A big photo of some Afghanistani guy walking down the aisle. Afghan calls for U.S. forces to remain for years. <laughs> yeah, That's what it says. Stay, please. We want you to stay. He outlined one of the guys. Uh, President Karzai outlined his vision for an American military presence perpetually. Wow. And that's that's. The New York Times, that's our code publication saying, hey, okay, get this into your brain. It's good. We're not going anywhere. It's good. It's groovy. Because we got to protect that, that that crop. Yep. 
just I think all this is all part of that. Well, I think that the, so the question here is um cuz of course the banks need uh they're the ones that need the uh the the heroin, right? And the cocaine because that's that's what keeps them rolling is all that you know, cash do, flow. Cash flow. On the other hand, the Money phar- the pharmaceutical companies, they want to sell their drugs. So it's kind of a toss up, you know, who who I I would think so you going, think there may be an underlying battle between yes. Farmco, Big Farm, yeah. or Big Pharma and Big Banks? And I would say Big Pharma is going to be winning. I think they're going to start cracking you down. Know, I don't think the banks care as long as that money, that illicit money, still runs through them. Right. Well, but I think they're neutral on this. I think the banks are neutral. You know, illicit drugs, whether it comes from the uh, uh, heroin point. poppy yeah, fields point. or whether it comes good from point. the drug companies, is the same for the banks. Good point. And who, who, by the way, is watching the back door of the pharmaceutical companies? Who's watching that to make sure that they're not shipping stuff out the back door? Heck, if China can make clones of the iPhone 4S yeah. by the thousands or the millions, for all we know, because it's just the same factory, and you just say, hey, yeah, we're supposed to knock off, we'll be done with our ten, a run of 100,000 at 1 a.m. Anybody want to work three more hours? Right. Frank right. out another few and then right. put them in a different box and ship them off someplace else. I mean, there's no way that they, they this goes on constantly. So, I, but I think we should look for a downturn in uh, in pure uh, natural product and an uptick in uh, in the uh, synthetic stuff. It makes so much more sense. It's so much easier. You don't have to deal with all that crap. You know, it's just easier. Well, it's easier can, to ship if they too. Can make that complete transition somehow then that we can get out of afghanistan <laughs> well no, no wait they, no, they use no. that they still use that as base material yeah we need no, we need so we some can't of it get out no. of there ever the no, new york times has got it. it right so here's the way i figure it <clears throat> there's only one group of people who aren't making any money on this the public? Yeah, that would be us. Exactly. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda. Yeah, we do have some donors uh, for the show uh, following up our big uh, 11, 11, 11 show. We have to kind of... Um now, get did, back to normal. Did we, did we have a number of because uh, I the, the the info that came from Buzzkill Junior today? I have like tons of lost notes and all kinds of stuff that we have to do. I mean, this is oh, that was me sending him stuff. That there's a lot of people miscellaneously writing us because I uh, I just did a mailing and everyone starts mailing us information after after the fact. Well, well the one that did we miss, Sir Ernie somehow, uh, who does the the Super Karma coins. Uh, we may have. So anyway, we have, he, to, we have to follow up and do some. Uh, well, he, he's, well, I have a note here. He sent us 11, 11, 11, 11, raised with the help of about 33 no agenda producers. No coincidence there. Who kindly ordered one or more of the 11, 11, 11 super karma coins at no agenda, super Uh, so he wanted me to send them uh, super karma. So I'd like to do that right now. You've got karma. And we highly appreciate uh, Sir Ernie from Zurich uh, doing all that work on the super karma coins. Uh, you know, they, uh, they actually um, uh, contain the karma, apparently. And, huh. uh, and you just rub it. And, well, uh, I don't have one. Maybe that's the reason that happened. Oh. Um, 
We also had. Did we uh, give uh, Diana? Uh, we did, and uh, it was funny because she win her. Yeah, she said, uh, "Hey, you know, maybe something happened. You didn't read my note." And I said, "Did you listen to the show? Because I did a whole thing right after the donation, specifically about that." And she said, uh, "No, we stopped listening after donations." Oh, and I'm like, "That's not okay. This is the beauty of our show. You never know when you're going to get surprised. You cannot. Yeah. You cannot turn it off." You must listen to the entire program because you exactly. might be missing out on something big. So, uh, Claudia Gerber uh, came in from Lisbon, Ohio with $150. I want to thank her. Carl Barron in, I guess it's Malmo. I just got a Malmo. Malmo. I think it's Malmo. Oh, Malmo, Malmo uh, yeah. Sweden. My last karma donation a few months ago is 12407. Rescued me out of a tight spot with my employer, but now it's time for a top up to help me guide to help guide me in the upcoming months as I'm about to leave Japan, just as I'm being booted out of my apartment. Back home in Sweden, leaving me a homeless drifter. <laughs> oh, God. This donation amount means nothing since numerology is bullshit. Look up 12407 on Wikipedia. Well. Oh, it's, well, well okay, we got to stop the show. <laughs> Look it up. on Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, do you see anything? I'm looking. One, two, four, oh, seven. This is, uh, here we go. It might be under numerology. Oh, maybe. oh yeah. Oh, it's very, here it is. I've got it. Tw here it is. Oh, this is a big deal. 12,407 is the natural number following 12,406. It's being the smallest uninteresting number <laughs> with regard, <laughs> regards to arithmetic <laughs> mathematics. <gasps> The uninterestingness of the number. This is typical from a Swede, right? Yeah, exactly. The This is classic Swede. The uninterestingness of the number formed the basis of a question in the British panel game in the episode in Inland Revenue, the 10th episode in Series 1. The question was asked, what is the smallest uninteresting number? <laughs> All right, here's some karma, my friend. Since you're a drifter, you deserve it. You've got karma. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Fantastic. I uh, love it. A little piece of trivia for yeah, the listeners. There you go. You can use that at the cocktail party tonight. Yep. 12407. Uh, Ian Holm, <laughs> Caroline, Caroline Springs, uh, Victoria. Uh, hi, John, Nat, and my wife, Jessica, daughter, Grace, and I are embarked on a six-week holiday to my in-laws in the MoFo state of Texas. This donation is for the 12 episodes that I will be able to listen to live at a decent time. No having to wake up at 4 a.m. just to hear John say, hit it. <laughs> Can we please have some karma for a safe trip on the 19th? Hope it's Airbus's turn. I also wish my wife a happy anniversary for last Tuesday. Keep up the great work on the great. The greatest, greatest podcast, podcast in, in the, the universe. universe. Ian Holm, uh, Carolyn Springs, Victoria, Australia. Here's your trip karma. You've got karma. Robert Rodriguez, Alomita, California. 120 is my 29th birthday, and I decided to give you the cash. Well, I want to welcome Adam to my home state of Texas, the son of Waco, and have seen the evil might of our government firsthand. I could use a shard of karma for my wife, Tracy, so she can find a job outside the state as we try our own escape from L.A. All right, here's some escape karma for you. Good luck on that. You've got karma. Uh, yeah, is this Yasser? No, Sir, Sir Yazalot. Sir Yazalot. Sir Yazalot uh, in Linden, North Carolina. Please refer to me in the show as Sir Yazalot. Okay. My donation is two-parted. One, one, one for lucky karma and a shot of 33 cents for a double lucky shot. That would cover my karma fix for the week. 
You've got karma. Keith Jacobs in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, podcast listener from Boner to Donor. Show's great. I'm in desperate need of a karma for my job search applying at the local brewery. All right. <laughs> yeah. More more salary equals more donations and more beer. Yeah, send us some. We could use some You've for got sure. Karma. Beautiful. Local brewery. They might have good stuff. I mean, the local we have trouble is they don't travel, so you can't even ship it. Uh, Dave Capacci in Sacramento, $88. Contest eight entries to the Baron Sweepstake. For my wife's birthday, she turns 33 on 11-22. I will send proof if required. If we don't win the contest, just wish her a happy birthday and don't mention the money amount. Oops. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh, God. You've got karma. What? You got me a coupon and you sent those douchebags 88 bucks? Can't <laughs> what are believe- you doing? What are you doing? You're ruining the family. Out. Hey, so Doghouse for you. What's the status with the, the Baron Von Pelsmacher sweepstakes? What's the status of our uh, three? We've got a bunch of, uh, we've isolated people who are still, we're given another week to, to put their two cents worth in the contest. We're okay. going to isolate the best answers or whatever they said. And then we're going to put them in a, in a little uh, mailing, which is people, the, the listeners can choose the two winners. Okay. I think I already picked one of the winners. Oh, okay. But All right. The good. other two will be picked by the public. All right, good. You know, mic check. Mic check. Uh, Matt K, Portland, Oregon. Matt K, Port. Oh, I'm sorry. Sixty six, sixty six. In the morning, gentlemen, I've been don- listening to the show without donating for longer than I like to admit. I recently graduated college and got a job at the techno expert of sys admins and layman's term in the Silicon Forest, Portland, Oregon. As I started paying back my student loans, I realized I also needed to start paying back you two for all the quality analysis I've borrowed over the years. I'm in need of a thorough de-douching, and more importantly. I need to give him a de-douching first. Mm-hmm. You've been de-douched. He needs to call out his old college roommate, Ryan, for being a non-donating douchebag. Douchebag. Apparently, Ryan turned him on to the show originally as yet to donate. I'm sure that that will open his wallet and set us both on our way toward plenty of hookers and blow. Oh, I hope so, boys. You know, they could use it especially if they're in Portland, Portlandia, as we call it in California. <laughs> David Brady, uh, University Palace, Washington, 63, longtime listener, first-time donor. I'm donating 63 because it's 111111, and in, I guess this, this is a block zero, zero in binary. Yeah. I'm also uh, requesting a double shot of karma as I'm finalizing an ugly divorce in need of an extra shot to make things happen with a beautiful woman I'm interested in whom I think is very interested in me, you hope. Make it a triple karma shot. We'll give you one and you can you can you can split it into 3. You've got karma. See, I got a new way to do the the Yeah, the, you got the 3 thing yeah, going. It's cool, right? Yeah. Now he's got 6. Kyle Bagan, Bagans Toast in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 5555. Uh, hi from Gitmo Nation Cheesesteak. I've been a Viagra sized boner <laughs> as I've been listening to the show since I was a senior in college almost two years ago, and I'm now only donating. Oh, I no. greatly appreciate the work the two of you do, and I'm just starting a career in journalism myself. Get out while you can. <laughs> run. <laughs> and I'm frustrated with the mainstream media, you and everyone. You guys do say some crazy stuff from time to time, but the net result is very educational as you sniff out all the BS of current events. I would appreciate it if you could plug my work website, Uber, Uber, UpperDublin.patch.com, and hopefully Noah Jendens will give me a big one-time unique visitor boost. Uh, keep up the good work, and hopefully it won't be long before I send in some cash again, and please de-douche me. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> my You've been de-douched. 
by the way, brand new to the uh, field of journalism now, uh, Chelsea Clinton to become NBC correspondent, which uh, we could not be happier uh, for her because, uh, again, that will give us some great clips. Oh, yeah. We're going to get some stuff from her because we'll be able to spot the the memes and the messages. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the other crapola. Crapola. Matthew Highland, San Francisco, California, 5555. Long-time boner, first-time donor. Been listening to the show for about eight months now and wanted to thank you two for doing the hard work so we don't have to instead of reading about real news and blogs here and reports there and feeling scattered with my information about the bullcrap government, media, and conglomerate corporations. I've now been able to rely on the No Agenda Boys to help me with all my information under one brutally awesome format. (laughs) You are the... True cunning linguists. Thank you very much. <laughs> Not very funny. And master debaters. Oh, yeah. I'm going to de-douche for that. You've Blah-blah. been de-douched. Cunning linguists. Oh, he's been de-douched. And he wants uh, to give his brother a big douchebag for turning me on to the show, Richard, but he has still yet not donated to So his brother, Highland, is getting douched out. I've been uh, propagating the formula. Recently gotten my sweet girlfriend to, give, uh, to become an avid listener propagator. She's graduating college soon and... It's interesting that I've seen this term as being used by America, graduating college. That's a Britishism as far as I'm concerned because it used to be graduating from or she's going to graduate from college. But graduating is like yeah, as a verb. hospital. It's like right, he's right. at hospital. He's at university. That's, that's snuck into the lexicon. Is it therefore incorrect? It's not incorrect. It just surprises me that if this would just we've heard I've read this two or three times in different posts. A graduate, she's graduating college. Right. She's not, gra- I mean, I would have said she's graduating from college. Yeah, I'm, I'm she's trying not to. She's th- not graduating the right. college. No, no, I'm thinking because there are a number of those uh, Englishisms, Britsisms that, uh, ah, what was it? Uh, it'll come to me, but there, I, there are. attending university. Mm. He's at hospital. That sort of thing. In hospital. In hospital. In hospital, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, on a drive home uh, this past weekend, she hit a deer and smashed up the oh. front end of the car. Oh, that and sucks. Yeah. Give her a, a karma. Karma for that, yeah, for sure. Ooh, ow. You've got karma. By the way, you know. was on the dime from Chad Harding, who's in the military. Thank you. Marinus de Jong in Henkel. Ah, let's try this. Uh, Marinus Hank. de Jong. Hank. Marinus de Jong. Hank. Uh, in- Hank. Hank Hankenzond. Zeeland. 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 No, Zeeland, like Euroland. Zeeland. Zeeland. No, Zeeland. Zeeland. There you go. Double nickels on a dime. <laughs> Donating now while the euro dollar exchange rate is still high. I recommend that to all our Euroland listeners. It's a very good policy. Michael Shoemaker in Rancho Cucamonga, double nickels on the dime. Paul Larson in Olath, Kansas, double nickels on the dime. Been meaning to donate since Adam called the Japanese earthquake. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So this is the <laughs> good D douche me and please post an Austin P.O. box so I can send Adam his first band in California present. A 33-round Glock magazine. Don't call it a clip. That's right. <laughs> All right, here's a de-douching. <laughs> You've been de-douched. Send me, uh, send me an email, adamaccurry.com, and uh, I'll send you an address to send it to. Uh, don't call it a clip. Call it, a, call it a magazine. It's a magazine. Magazine. Is that your phone ringing? Yeah, let me, why don't you read the next two, and I'll go tell these guys to get lost. 
Or you could just hang up on him. That's uh, something you could do. It's over. I have to do. get up from the mic. It's over on the other side of the room. Michael uh, Schumacher, Rancho Cucamonga, California. Double nickels on the dime. Scott Olson in San Diego. Oh, I'm sorry. I went back. Yeah, my yeah, mistake. And the phone stopped ringing so I can pick it up. All right. Good. Uh, Scott Olson, San Diego. Congrats on the moves, Adam. Blah, blah, blah. Give me a shot of karma. Hey, and, and, in, and, and in the morning. You've got karma. In the morning. Sir Jeffrey Gerlach, uh, Alamo, California, 5150. Sean Pyle, Streamwood, Illinois, 5115. Enough money to get Adam and Mickey 8.9 miles further down the road and his limey <laughs> gas guzzler. Hopefully, unlike most people, who will be able to donate through the holidays and make up for, being, for my being broke most of the year and only having donated a few times better yet. May this donation grant me super karma so I can win the lottery and bestow a massive donation to the show and secure the rank and title Lord Pyle. First Viscount of Gitmo Nation. Ron Paul tied for first? Are the sheeple finally waking up? Asked Sean, and the answer is the people. The people are, are but the voting machines are still rigged. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, the whole thing's rigged, so yeah. don't, don't yeah. expect much. I hate, I hate to be the, uh, the downer on this, but uh, the voting machines is the real problem. That's you know, At the end of the day, it just uh, pull the switch, and it's all over. Shannon Atkins in Warren, Michigan, 5101. Which is just enough to get into the accredited donations list, all in the spirit of just getting by. Longtime D bag listener, finally donating after realizing how much I always look forward to listening every, to every show on every show day. Shannon Atkins, which is a man's name in this case. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Alan Bean in Oakland, $50. Barry Kroger in Greeley, Colorado, $50. Hello, John and Adam. Family is finally having a difficult or having a difficult time. Please send karma. And this is a down payment for knighthood. So hey, by the way, all your donations are down payments for knighthood. So, of course, and here's some karma for the family. Hope it works You've out. You've got karma. Also, $50 from Chris Slowinski in Sherwood Park, David Middlebrook in Elon Aberdenshire, uh, Jason Burke in Richmond, Texas. You're down the street from you. Jack's, Jack's the Rogue in Geneva, Illinois. Kelby Koenig in Grover, Colorado, who says uh, in the morning from Gitmo Nation, $150 hoodie which I guess refers to one of the football teams. Their last donation was for some... <laughs> the last donation was some, for some penis karma. Oh. The good news did, did is it, it worked. Did it grow? I guess. <laughs> the bad news is only for a week. Oh. Now, we, we documented this with the USC football team with the karma only yeah, lasts that, a week. Also, so unfortunately, I asked for a birthday shout-out, and Adam read my name as Kelly Koenig, not Kelby Koenig. No, I'm I, sorry. That was my mistake. That's bad. Kelby Koenig. Calling me a girl. Now, I'm not sure what type of woman Adam is into, but I usually stay away from the ones with penises. That being said, I like my girls that have big penises. That's okay. Matthew Parker, Lakewood, Illinois, $50. Whenever I hear it in the media, uh, nuclear Iran sounds like nuclear Iran, nuclear Iran, nuclear Iran. Subliminally proves Iran has nukes. And all the evidence we need to do the science is in. Buckle up, nuclear ran. We're bombing you to freedom. I love your show, so please take uh, our hard-earned cash. May I have some karma. Thank you so much for the hard-earned cash. It really helps. You've got karma. And wrapping it up, we got Peter Luckcraft or Pete in Masklet, wherever that is. Uh, Richard Dominelli in Clifton Park, New York. Uh, also has got a birthday call out coming. 
Well, Raven, Nico in Singapore, $50. And finally, Zachary Thurston in Bountiful, Utah, which is funny if you've been to Utah, <laughs> that there'd be a town named Bountiful. Right. I just had to donate because of a hit job that was written in the local newspaper over an orchestra concert at Spying Blimp University. <laughs> Thanks to no agenda, I was not put into hate mode by this hit job, but saw through the bullshit and the journalist. And hit the journalist, I think, in the mouth. Oh, well, yeah. And it, yeah, okay, and hit the journalist in the mouth. Wow. Now we have so a couple. Awesome. We have a couple of. Uh, I mean, quite a few little notes here, and I'm not. I mean, I just do whatever I'm told in this regard. It comes from the administrative headquarters of the No Agenda Show. Um, we uh, grab from the grab bag of uh, lesser donors. We grab Nolan Overton. Greetings, Western North uh, Dakota from Western North Dakota. Here as a new listener and recent donor. To the $10 per listener request and a $5 a month plan, I would like to ask for some karma for my family to find a house in one of the few areas where we have more job openings and oil than housing. Love the greatest podcast in the universe. So here is a a karma shout out for you, my friend. Karma. Um, We did uh, Sir Rick and Austin. We did him, right? With, uh, yeah, we did that one. We did Sir Rick. Hi, Adam, in the morning. This is the shill from Chapel Hill. I uh, hope your trip to Texas went well. Tell Mickey uh, the pictures along the way were great. I'm running for two reasons. First, I'd like to get an account for the No Agenda News Network. Yes, I'm catching up on those. Uh, the second is I found something disturbing. I think you'd like to talk about on the show. I know normally don't discuss video games very often on No Agenda, but I think Rainbow Six Patriots is very germane to the show. The basic premise of the game is that because of the economic collapse and returning veterans that feel betrayed, the numbers of militias and paramilitary groups in America have increased. Until this point, there was no leader to unite them, but now there is. You alternate between fighting as a covert military agent and being one of the militia members. Uh, essentially, the tagline is... Uh, you fought Nazi, Russian, North Korean, and Middle Eastern threats. Rainbow Six Patriot asks, can you turn the weapon on your fellow countrymen? What? Yeah, that's the tagline for this fantastic game from Electronic Arts. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> oh. Wow. And we do know, and it's well documented, that games, uh, generally speaking, the simulations of any sort, do work. Mm-hmm. I mean, you learn how to fly a 747, of course, not of course. the cockpit. You learn on a simulator. Yeah. Uh, the Arm, U.S. Army has w- made a big deal because they used to, I had a, this it, maybe, a wait, but maybe this is Ubisoft. I think it's not Electronic Arts. I think it's Ubisoft. Yeah, but they're probably distributing it. Yeah. And those guys There's are scary. The Ubisoft guys are, are weird. Well, anyway, the point is, is that this is a learning process. And so to do something like this is uh, uh, probably not a good thing. Anyway, he says, uh, I donated to the show on uh, number 354, asked for karma for a job interview. That went really well. Right now, they're in the process of doing a background check and calling references. I hope no one finds out that you're listening to our show. Since that process has taken a little longer than a week, I was hoping I'd get an, an extension on my karma. I figured if Bill Clinton can get an extension, it wouldn't hurt to ask. Well, I think that uh, we can do that for our, uh, our donor. You've got karma. The shill from Chapel Hill. A shill from Chapel Hill. I uh, like it. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Marine de Jong. Adam and John, believe it or not, but I've been listening since show one. I've listened all through college, and I listen to you on my commute every morning and afternoon to a job I absolutely hate. Could you give me some karma for finding a new job? Yeah, absolutely. You've got Be happy karma. to. 
And, and we want to remind people to go to noagendanation.com slash jobs for unemployed donors. And now what happens when you go there? Is it like a job posting board or what does it do? How does it work? I don't know. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> just Eric the Shill's new project, so it's probably probably does something good. Uh, keep the guy occupied. And by the way, you know, apparently Eric the Shill has been selling this deck of cards. Hey, I which, saw that on Twitter. What the hell is that? Is he selling those cards? Well, he didn't do the cards. Somebody did the cards, and he's just a, he's just one of the stores that's that's selling them. You know, as a you know as a middleman. And Leo gets a set of the cards, and he's got the cards there. I and he's saw just, it. I saw they're it. They're gorgeous cards, by the way. They're really they're interesting. It's like a game. It's got a whole process for playing this crazy game. It's like Go Fish, only. Leo even knew how to play the game, which is funny. Yeah, and he, Leo's playing, showing the card <laughs> thing to me. I'm going, who's what? The, I've never gotten these cards. Me neither. Me neither. I remember us talking about it. I remember. NoAgendaCardCompany.com. I don't know. I, we have to figure out what we'll, we'll give you a direct link and you can go to noagendanation.com if you want to get a set but it looked pretty cool to me i said i you know uh, it's not our cards it's, no agenda cards.com maybe no, no agenda game no agenda card game maybe something like that no agenda maybe something in the chat card game.com I remember, I remember us talking about this. Yeah, well, I think when they came yeah, out, yeah, they yeah. forgot no, about no, it, yeah. and everyone got cards about us. Hey, there's No Agenda, the card game, in the morning edition, yeah. No Agenda card game. Here's another great... you got to go to this website right now, John. Wow. This is... This uh, plays when you hit the website. You can purchase it, No Agenda card game. It's a deck of cards <laughs> that features all of the okay, artwork. turn it off. It's just embarrassing us. That's fantastic. It's embarrassing that we don't have them. That's what's yeah, embarrassing. Yeah, we haven't got the cards and we forgot about it. <laughs> God. Yeah. Uh, we do inc- Well, it was good, though, because... And I and I and that was nice of Leo to start it right off. Right off the bat, man, the top of the show. That was awesome promotion. Yeah. It was cool. I like that. Anyway... Um, thank you all so much, uh, particularly those who came in and helped us uh, on the downside of the eleven 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 bonanza. Uh, this is where we need the most help, and of course, next week, as John pointed out, will be Thanksgiving. Um, it, we we need your support to and continue. And we will be doing a show on Thanksgiving. That's and a Thursday, right? The following yeah. Sunday, which is the worst two days of both donations and listenership and everything in between. I don't know. I'd rather do a clip show, but. We're going to do a show. No, because people are going to support us. And uh, the way they do that is going to... Dvorak.org slash N-A. Or alternatively... John. Oh, sorry. Well, you can also go to noagendanation.com, uh, noagendashow.com, channeldvorak.com slash N-A. And, of course, the one we just mentioned, Dvorak.org slash N-A. And uh, you'll be able to donate in all kinds of different ways and help us help us continue. It's your birthday, birthday. Congratulations, his wife, Julie. Uh, her birthday was yesterday on the 16th. Robert Rodriguez uh, turns 29 on the 20th. Uh, happy birthday to him. Dave Capacci uh, says happy birthday to his wife, who turns 33 on the 22nd. And Richard Dominelli's wife, Lydia, celebrated her birthday yesterday. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's Okay, and then we have, uh, oh, we got some uh, knighthoods. That's always nice. So, um, uh, oh, oh, where's my blade? Oh, I got it. Uh, it was in a box. Sorry. All right, uh, Dame Kara Timmons, or Kara Timmons, step forward, please. Richard Haskins and Chris Lewinsky. 
All three of you, uh, in one way or the other, have uh, supported the No Agenda Show, the best podcast in the universe, with the donations equaling or exceeding $1,000. I hereby welcome you to the exclusive club, Dame Kara Timmons, Sir Richard Haskins, and Sir Chris Slominski. Head on over to the No Agenda Roundtable for your hookers and blows, chardonnays and rent boys, and hot pants and booze. And thank you so much. It's uh, highly appreciated, particularly in the slower period of the year. Yes, indeed. Yes. So I ran in this article. What's that? Government panel. Test kids for cholesterol before age 11. <laughs> yeah, because we got, uh, uh, what is the drug again? What I don't we, know. Lipitor. Yeah, yeah. We, Let's uh, get everybody on this stuff. Lipitor is going out of patent, so we uh, we need to get more people on it. Well, you think that was crazy. Pizza now, John, classified or uh, if the... By Obama. By Obama. Pizza in, the, uh, in an appropriations bill now before the House could be classified as a vegetable. Yes. Or as every news report says... John's favorite word, a veggie. You could call it the Defense of Pizza Act in Congress, a measure designating the sauce on a slice as a veggie. Industry sources admit it's to keep pizza in the school lunch mix. Nutritionists are horrified. Boy, it really doesn't make any sense. You can't exchange pizza That's for a nutritionist. This is really some members of Congress challenging the White House on school lunch nutrition guidelines. Currently, federal rules require about this much tomato sauce on a single slice of pizza for it to meet the nutritional guidelines for a vegetable serving. <laughs> Lobbyists from the American Frozen Food Institute say that's too much sauce. It makes for a soggy slice. They've lobbied Congress. <laughs> Members of Congress are... I love this. Hey, I got some veggies for you. How much sauce do you need? I'll make this some special like sauce. A, uh, nothing to see here story, too. And it's, I, I picked it up, too. It's like... It's hilarious, but it's... You know what? And th- and this is the same thing they used to criticize. Was it Reagan or Bush? Because they called ketchup a vegetable. And it was a big deal. I think but, that there's just they just need as many distractions as possible to keep us not looking into uh, second mile. I mean, whatever it is, do something. And I think second mile is a distraction. I think this, the stuff going on in Europe is the real issue. Well, this yeah. Con- this whole thing is going to collapse and we're all going to be screwed. Yippee. You know and how it's just uh, getting worse by the minute. You know how um, we always talk about there being an actual checkbox on your tax return where you can donate money to the treasury to yeah. help uh, the the. Yeah, but why doesn't Buffett do that? Well, uh, the Daily Caller, uh, which I don't uh, is that a blog? Is it just a blog or whatever? I don't know what it is. But they did something very funny. They took a semi-hot girl, uh, which of course is why it's not getting a, a lot of viral attention because they had to take a very hot girl. And uh, there was this, uh, uh, I guess, a, a session where uh, people could go and talk to Congress, rich people. It was a rich people club, and they could, and they, they, and they were all there to petition Congress to raise taxes on the rich. Now, this, of course, is always interesting because who's going to show up to this place? And and uh, you know, I think it's really a scam. Uh, this raising taxes on the rich because you know th- th- there's something that they're trying to do by doing this and it's going to make it's gonna, uh, one way or the other everyone's going to work out going to make out like bandits except us but the daily caller went in uh stood at the entrance way with an ipad with the uh with the uh, the treasury website 
and asked all those people who were coming in, hey, want to make a donation right now? <laughs> and I thought the results were obviously funny. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing here today? Uh, so I'm here uh, arguing in favor of higher taxes on the wealthy. I'm one of the wealthiest 1%. In fact, I'm considerably uh, higher in the hierarchy than that. And, uh, That's great. I think we need to, uh, we should be paying more of our fair share. There's a lot of talk about shared sacrifice. <laughs> this guy is falling for it. I love it. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm rich, bitch. I, I, in fact, I could buy you right now. I could buy you some titties. I'd make it. I'm rich. I'm rich. But I haven't actually seen anybody asking the people who benefited the most from the policies that led to the deficit, the wealthy. Okay, well, now is your chance. I have the Department of uh, Treasury right here, the donate page. Would you like to donate a few thousand dollars? No, I wouldn't. Would you guys be willing to donate to the Department of Treasury? Individually? Yes. No. No. We believe... Would you? No, individually. I'm very philanthropically active. I'm very philanthropically active. These guys are a bunch of douchebags. It's a douchebag theme. Yeah, you got to hear more. It's fantastic. So you don't want to donate to the Department of Treasury? Uh, I don't always claim all the deductions I can, so I probably pay higher taxes than theoretically I could. Oh, there's but a I good one. Yeah, so I don't have to donate. I don't think that we can solve the problem just with deductions, just with contributions. I have right here the Treasury Department's <laughs> website where you can donate money to help reduce the public this is great. debt. Would Why you be willing? You money? I'm not part of the 1%. Well, that's okay. You can donate money just as well as I can. Do you think that'll help? Well, I'm not oh. here asking for re- higher taxes. You are, though, right? That's right. I'm so I have right here people who can afford them like yourself. That's right. So right here I have the donation page. All you need to do is put in your credit card number and you can donate to the government. That is not going to help anybody. You don't want to donate to the government? I want our class to be uh, our class. Our, our cl- class. Did you say that? Yeah, our class. I don't know who these guys are, but I think they're shields of some form. Well, this is good um, stuff. You've heard me. You're, you're being silly. You're being silly. Go away, silly girl. So you don't want to donate right now to the government? I don't want to donate right now. No. Here I have the Department of Treasury's donation page where you can help reduce the, the debt. Would you be willing to donate a few thousand dollars? Uh, if uh, rates are raised across the board for rich people, absolutely. I'd be uh, very happy to do it. But you but won't indivi- do it? Individual. Look, at this is not charity. We're not doing charity here. Taxes are not charity. Um, they're not voluntary. There's something that society commits ah, to do that's not together. True. What? Taxes are voluntary. They're voluntary? I- officially, yes. So I don't have to do it if I don't want to? Well, yeah, good luck that's with that. Not true. And that yeah. But it's what, actually, they're voluntary. Yeah. Uh, I think we have to do for rich people as well as uh, middle class people. So you're not willing to give to the Department of Treasury voluntarily? It would be of, of no impact whatsoever. Isn't uh, it a, a step in the right direction? Absolutely not. It would be uh, completely uh, puny and ineffective. And now she gets an we old guy. We all have to hold hands and do it together. This is an old Any guy. Any one individual is just for show. It's for so show. you're not willing to donate any money to the Department of Treasury? I want to pay my fair share, but I'm I want giving you an opportunity. Uh, I think that's a joke, and I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That was good. That was, that was very no agenda esque of them to do that. <laughs> that was very good. Yeah, <laughs> it's like really. <laughs> oh hell no! I'm not going to give any. Well, there's the answer to our question, John. 
Now we know. We know. Yeah, that they're full of crap. These people. Yeah, they are. So I so I was digging around and I ran into something kind of funny. Um, Gary Johnson was on one of the shows. Uh, the Poor talk guy. Shows. He's he's not in any of the debates. Uh, no, they they kicked him out. Yeah. After, so after, you, by the way, you, I, you, you I, talked I, to him and you we noticed he has he's kind of a milk toast character. Hasn't really got any. Uh, well, I want to point out after I interviewed him, uh, they kicked him off all the debates. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we're the kiss of death. No, no, he actually came on at one of the debates recently. Uh, oh, really? Three, four, it was oh. after you interviewed him. He was on at least one debate. Oh. Wow. So anyway, I know that you. I like the joke though. It's funny. Yeah. Uh, like anyone cares. Yeah. So, so I, you know, he's boring. So I've got three clips from him. They're pretty short, but the one of them, somebody obviously, he, he obviously has gone to a consultant and they told him to modulate. You know how you do that with people that, you know, they're kind of, they talk like this all the time. Right. And he, he, ha- have, he has to have some inflection. He's got to go up and down. He's got to make it exciting. Yeah. So really, he doesn't quite. And then the second <laughs> clip, by the way, proves he doesn't get the joke, but he doesn't quite get this idea. So which one am I doing? The modulation? Gary Johnson modulates. When it came to all sorts of laws that <laughs> I argued uh, were going to just add a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money to being able to comply with government when it really wasn't going to make any of us any better off, wasn't going to make the world safer or uh, uh, prevent anybody from still committing fraud against me. Well, I'm going to take some of the blame for that because after that interview, because uh, the guy who's running his campaign used to be the finance manager for uh, Ron Paul. And he called me and he said, you know, so what do you think? I said, you know, you know, your guy is boring. He talks like he's, a, he's boring. He's, boring. he's got to like, you know, like yeah, kick it up a notch. So I think that this was probably taken as sound advice. <laughs> and then he said, hey, just uh, announce it every once in a while and go up and down. So you're a little more exciting. Well, you know, you, if you're boring, you're boring. I mean, he could have taken that boring thing to the next next level and, and by, been interesting. By the way, he's three time, was he three time governor of New Mexico? I mean, he's not. Yeah, he's, he's not no like, slouch. He's, he has yeah. good policies, but he obviously wasn't really engaged. He's with Cavuto, uh, and Cavuto tries to throw a little joke in, and then Johnson just misses it like completely, and then he goes off and w- talks about something else. If you were to participate in a b- debate, would you ever say anything like this? I have three things that I want to cut. Well, uh, I'm promising to submit a balanced budget to Congress. So that's a 43% reduction in government spending. That includes Medicaid. You know, and Cavuto was really nice. He gave him, like, an opportunity to be not boring right there. So he could have a great, you know, probably that was already set up with a punchline that was agreed to. And he, he forgot to deliver. Yeah, no, it was terrible. Oh. And it was a setup because it was about, you know, Perry's three yeah, things. Yeah, Perry's three things. Two, yeah, and he didn't yeah. even he just miss it completely. He forgot so it. So I yeah. finally got the, the last clip. I think I isolated why this guy's been kicked off. They don't need another guy like this. If you listen to this clip, this is why this guy has been completely marginalized and he is off the podium. He's not going to be, he's out. I'd like to give you a contrast on the debates right now. Candidate number one says, I want to build a fence across the border. Candidate number two says, I want to build a parallel fence. Candidate number three says, I want to run a moat down the middle. Candidate number four says, I want to put barbed wire across the top of the fences. Candidate number 
five wants to electrify the barbed wire, and candidate number six wants to run a drone down the middle. And then for, for the only one, I think, that's advocating not building a fence, which is Perry, who happens to be a border governor. Right. I'm a border governor. Don't build the fence. He talks about uh, responding to drug border violence with more guns. They all talk about adding more guns to that equation, right. when the reality to that is legalize marijuana and arguably, let's get at the cause. It's prohibition. It's similar to uh, alcohol. And didn't we play out those disputes with uh, machine right. guns in the in the 20s? Oy vey. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, God. We can't have this. <laughs> no. 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 And he means so well. He really does. It's just like, no. No. That's... Uh, yeah, it's show business. It's show business for ugly people. You got to be on message. You got to know how to do it. You got to know how to roll with it. You got to be funny at the right times. You got to have. You can't just be a smart guy, you know. And he's uh, he's white toast. You're right, milk toast, whatever. It's just no. no I'm sorry, <laughs> toast. Milk toast. Milk toast. Soggy. Soggy. He's soggy. I feel bad because he his heart's in the right place. But I, I even told him don't become the marijuana guy this don't you understand that's all they're going to focus on is on your dope stuff stop it now yeah well hey um uh, i'm a little disappointed by the most emailed uh, article particularly from our gitmo nation uh, euroland uh producers who all sent me this link and i and i think one or two understood it that the european union is uh, going to start banning x-ray body scanners at airports. And, and it was like, hey, you know, they're going to stop this. I'm like, don't you understand that they're only doing this to introduce the millimeter wave technology? The contract is in. It's done. You're going to get the safer, quote, unquote, millimeter wave. And by the way, what is the difference between x-ray and millimeter wave? A uh, millimeter wave is a uh, is a is one thing. They're hard to create. They're, it's an expensive technology. Uh, it's a terahertz wave, if I'm not mistaken. Which uh, is that higher is, than microwave? No, no, no. It's, it's like it's like it was more like a microwave. It's like a radio wave that it really has no penetrating. Uh, uh, it really it is more likely to bounce off the skin. Uh, but they don't know if you read that report that San Francisco State University put out when they were complaining about both these machines being untested. The millimeter wave machine is not an X-ray machine. It's it's a, it's kind of a radio wave machine. But they, nobody knows quite what that does to your uh, DNA your, and your DNA. It's, it's right? Still, it's still like yeah, and it's a DNA problem. Yeah, it rips apart your it DNA. Could cause cataracts. Who knows? Yeah. Whatever the case is, it's probably not safe either. But they, you know, there's less info, there's less documentation, so it could be a it could be a major perfect. disaster putting uh, these it's things. Perfect, in. It's perfect. Hey, they should just get rid of all of this crap. They should just. What get... was wrong with the way it used to be? They used to take you and wand the crap out of you and all the rest of it. You did. You know, I think they just want to get you questions at the at the when you come in. But most European area, I was in Brazil recently. They first thing they do is you get in a long line to talk to somebody, and they have a long chat with you. Well, you, they do the same thing in Israel. So uh, what were you doing here? Blah 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 blah. And uh, how'd you like it? Was how was how's, it, how's the weather back home? You know, all these kinds of things, and then they stamp something in your in your uh, ticket, and you go to the next thing. Um, it seems to work. 
planes aren't dropping out of the sky. There's thirty to 40,000 flights a day. How right. many crashes have we had in the last 10 years that are caused by terrorists? This is, this is just a, a way to... F- Keep the public on on its on edge and, and terrorized. It's a terrorist. Keep them terrorized. Keep them small. I have a funny. Uh, if you want to get a couple of these out of the way, I have a, a really funny. I thought was funny. Mm. You know, Hannity and the Fox people. Ugh, really? Yeah. Come on, you got to hear this one. This is a gem. They they're blasting the Occupy Wall Street folks. They have been doing it as a bunch of left-wing communists. So they finally gave their complete opinion in this rundown with your friend Dana Perino chiming in. Oh, oh, she's in there? Oh, that's good. I like Perino. Yeah. So the class, yeah, you're going to really roll your eyes when you hear this one. This is the, is Hannity beginning a rant on what's wrong with all these protest movements, I'm try- uh, uh, and I think it's a, I think it's an evergreen. I'm trying to find which clip it is. Uh, Just classic. Oh, okay. Perino's kind of hot. Let's see. Well, this is what we've seen: murder, rape, violence, arson, destruction of uh, property. Breitbart had a video defecating in public, urine and feces thrown at police, <laughs> anti-Semitism, anti-Americanism, anti-capitalism, drug dealers, drug use, suicides, uh, body li- uh, lice, filth, etc. Lawlessness. Got STDs. I just funny, I, without seeing the clip, I was going to say that. I was going to say, how about herpes? Oh, I'm so in tune with Dana. Sex in public, there's naked women down there. No, yes, no, they, I mean, yes they Dana, there it. is a sexual component to this. That's what I mean. They had they had a problem down there. They Down in Zuccotti Park, they were checking people for STD. Who was? That's a total lie. It's a total lie. What is she talking about? <laughs> sure. sex, it's a sex fest. <laughs> it's they Woodstock. Were, they put this information out there, they'll be packing them in. Hey, I want to get fondled. Come over but here and check. Me My for favorite SDT. line was, there's murder, there's arson, there's mayhem. Breitbart had a video. There's there's <laughs> fire. There's, you know, what what is Breitbart had a video? Is that some bad thing that happened? No, it's good. Is Breitbart. Breitbart had a video? Yeah, it shows uh, whose team he's on. <laughs> the independent journalist on, that Breitbart. That is a classic. That is good. But I like Dana. STDs. It's funny because I was going to say that as a joke. Like that herpes. And she actually says it. She's such a ditz. And she was she was uh, the spokeshole for Bush, right? Yeah, during that period was I think somebody. Remember when she got a black did, eye when someone hit her in the face or something? She came out yeah, with a that's black a eye. She's the one who made some. So she there, somebody asked her about. I don't remember specifically. I should look it up, but it's a classic gaffe where they said, "Well, you know the the you know during the Vietnam War, or it was either the Vietnam War or or is the Cuban Missile Crisis." They they just threw it in at the question. And she so she says. What, what, what was that? She didn't know what it was. She didn't know what it was. Cuban missile? What? They're in the, what? The, the Cubans had missiles? <laughs> hey, in Gitmo they Nation. Had STDs. Yeah. In Gitmo they Nation. They were testing them. They had a bunch of police testing people. For, <laughs> okay, drop your drawers there, buddy. <sighs> they're testing them for STDs. Oh, the world has gone to shit. Um, I got a couple things. Uh, one is uh, in Gitmo Nation East in uh, the United uh, Kingdom of Gitmos over there in Britain. They've uh, come up with a great idea for uh, Britain's jobless young people. So, you know, they're on the dole over there, right? It's called the dole. And uh, if you're on the dole, we now have something for you to do as part of the government's work experience program. Guess what? 
if you are taking handouts, you have to go to we- go to work at supermarkets for 30 hours a week unpaid. This is a great slavery program. It is a slavery program, but what are you supposed to do at the supermarket? No, they just work in your stocking shelves. And what if uh, you go in there and you just stink to high heaven? You decide not <laughs> to take a shower or a bath for months. Well, th- well uh, it's Britain after all. Uh, I guess no one would notice. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I don't think there I should say There goes the donations from the UK. <laughs> 30 hours a week of unpaid labor, and if you quit, you lose your benefits, slave. Perfect. That's just beautiful. I love how that's working. Uh, still no um, IRS Form 990 from the William Jefferson Clinton Foundation as I continue to, uh, you know, to investigate them over what happened to all the money from Haiti. Uh, there's no way that, uh, you know, there's no, no extension past October 17th. It has to be in. And, uh, of course, it's Clinton, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, Clinton990.org is where you can, uh, or .com, I believe. Uh, where you can, there's a pre-populated IRS form that you can fill out and send to the IRS complaining about it. Someone sent me a link to the uh, Better Business Bureau, and as it turns out, the William Jefferson Clinton Foundation does not meet seven of the standards for charity accountability. Now, these guys have been under investigation for a while. You want to know what some of them are? I, if I had the foghorn, I'd play because we did this whole bit once before about a year and a half ago. When with first, With the Better Business Bureau list. But you should do it again because I'm sure most people don't remember it or haven't heard it. Well, uh, see, standard one, oversight of operations and staff. Organizations shall have a board of directors that provides adequate oversight, which they apparently don't have. Uh, well, we know that because the money is gone. Number of board members soliciting organizations shall have a board of directors with a minimum of five voting members. The foundation only has three, of course. Uh, Billy Boy. There's room for two more. Guess who? Let me see. Uh, Hillary and Chelsea? No, you and me. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be great if we were on the board of directors of the Clinton Foundation? We'd be up front there like, yeah, Lady Gaga <laughs> rocks. We could get the VIP sound check uh, seats. Uh, stand- Mic check. Mic check. Standard three, frequency and attendance of board meetings. Uh, the board of directors held no board meetings in the past year. <laughs> <laughs> Standard uh, number C, uh, number four, compensated board members uh, does not meet the standard. The paid chief executive officer also serves as the chair of the board of directors, i.e. he's setting his own salary. Uh, board approval of written report on effectiveness. The foundation does not meet the standard because it has not conducted an organizational effectiveness assessment in two years' time. Uh, annual report. The foundation does not meet this standard because the most recent report did not include a roster of the board of directors or end-of-year net assets. And then we have website disclosure, uh, and that's because it does not show the roster of board directors. This thing is a scam. <laughs> it's a freaking scam. Chief Executive Bruce R. Lindsay makes $269,000 a year. Plus expenses. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, how many paid staff do you think the Clinton Foundation has? Well, considering apparently they don't do their simple chores, they must have a paid staff probably like 12. 765. What? <laughs> 765 people and they can't even get a report done? What do they all do? They're doing sound checks for Lady Gaga. This is an out, this is a, but this is really an outrage. It's an outrage that this douchebag 
goes around the world acting like he's all high and mighty, and he's not doing his forms. He's not, he's not, he's, ah. I don't see Curry's pet peeve of the day. I'm going to stay on that. I, I'm angry about this. It, yeah, it, you've been on this for over a year. It pisses me off. All the good it does. We haven't gotten on the board. <laughs> That's what we need to write. We need to be on the board. That, you know, we'll let them slide. Here's a, here's our deal. We want a two hundred sixty nine thousand dollar a year compensation package, including expenses and use of the G five, and then we want to have two board seats, and then uh, we'll uh, be kind about the uh, the Haiti stuff. We'll oversee the. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll oversee. We'll the, make sure uh, the bookkeeping. Yeah, I think you should all write to the Clinton J, uh, the William J. Clinton Foundation in Arkansas, and request that, as per uh, the Better Business Bureau, they need two more board members, and that should be the crackpot and the buzzkill. And we'll even produce their little video there. Is it like this? You know, if you go to the page, this is what pisses me off. Hold on. Uh, ClintonFoundation.org. So you go to the page about the Clinton Foundation, right? And instead of a 2010 report, here it is, annual and financial reports, you get a video of Bill. Here it is. When I left office, I wanted to spend the rest of my life doing whatever I could to help empower people in America and around the world to live their dreams. (laughs) I started the Clinton Foundation to find real solutions to big challenges. By taking all the money. And to do it in partnership with government, business, and non-governmental organizations. And there's a picture of Bill Gates. To actually find solutions that were faster, better. And the kids doing jumping jacks. And more effective than anyone said. <laughs> hey kids, I'm Bill Clinton, do some jumping jacks. You could do alone. We started our HIV-AIDS work in 2002 to reduce the cost of life-saving medicines in the developing world. You asshole. He's just an asshole. I'm sorry. I, 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 stop me. Stop. <sighs> I think we pointed this out a number of times. Okay, already. but I'm staying on it. I'm staying on it because it's not okay. This is not okay. Hey, by the way, good news, John. No. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Congress has directed the FAA to provide a progress report to the House and Senate Appropriations Committees uh, coming up now, loaded in no later than 60 days after its enactment. To assess the establishment of special special use airspace to fill defense research needs for drones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, baby. Drones. <laughs> and uh, what was I, who else had a drone? Oh, um, uh, Ireland now has a drone. Do they? Yeah. Yeah, Ireland's got a drone. Uh, the, I think it's the, it's the guy who heads up parliament. <laughs> yeah, okay. We'll give you a little ding for that one. Yeah, no, it's... Um, uh, they're, but they're using the little toy drones. And here's how they're justifying it. Like, well, a helicopter costs $7 million, you know, and uh, this drone, it does the same thing, essentially, and just flies around. It's really cheap. It's not a toy. It's not a toy, man. And by the way, it's a toy. It's a toy. It's a toy helicopter. I like the helicopter, the little helicopter, the really small ones that have the camera on that can... Can come up to the windows of a building and kind of look in. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's the toy. So um, I'm telling you, everyone out there, we're going to have to get. I think a good business will be getting some sort of fish netting. (laughs) And you see the thing, and you get above it, and you just drop the fish netting on it, 
and it, which will bring it down, and then you go grab the thing and pull off the uh, the transceiver and, be an, and stomp on them. There'll be an, an no. You grab the, the transceiver. You just bust the antenna or do whatever you have to do so they can't find it. And then put put the transceiver on a llama or or a dog, <laughs> and then or or a crocodile in the sewer or something like that. And then you got yourself a nice little airplane you can play with <laughs> for skeet shooting. That'd be cool. Yeah. I have a funny clip, uh, just funny because it's him, of uh, uh, Al Sharpton. Uh, from is he still got a show? Because I haven't seen it. Well, it's it, they, it, it's become. Did they pulled the a plug on him already. No, he's still got the show, and you know I this, have not seen the show. You know this whole thing about uh, so Obama, the Obamacare thing went to the Supreme Court. And then, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, but the, the Supreme, Clarence Thomas and Scalia, they, on the very same day, they had a dinner apparently sponsored by uh, uh, a drug company. Did you follow this at all? No. Well, you want to hear the story? Because Sharpton at the end of it, because he's reading, right? And Sharpton has no brain. He's just reading the whole time. And at the end of it, he starts, he, he, instead of L's, he starts using R's. Conflict. Oh, play it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, we like, love to ridicule people's mispronunciation since I'm the master. Since the Supreme Court announced it would consider challenges to President Obama's health care law, we've told you about conflicts of interest. See, here he says conflict. He's good, but he gets tired at the end. Two of the justices face. On the same day the court decided to hear the case, Justices Clarence Thomas and Scalia spoke at a fundraiser for the conservative. Could you imagine this guy coming into your house and talking like that? <laughs> hey, John, how you doing? Why is he shouting? Yeah, because he's reading. He doesn't know how to do it any differently. The legal group, the Federalist Society, their tables at the event were right next to lawyer Paul Clement's table. Here's a little issue to think about. Wow. <laughs> yeah. What investigative reporting. Yeah. The table was next to a guy who was next to another guy who was next to the guy who was the bad guy. It gets better. Clement will likely be the... Clement is now Clement. It's not even Clarence Hunt. It's whoever it is, Clement. A lawyer to lawyer. argue against the law before the Supreme Court. Bye. Of course, being cozy with Clement isn't... Yeah, he, can't, he, can't, he can't even say names now. Kermit. Kermit. Be cozy with Kermit. Besides being cozy with Kermit. Justice Thomas's only conflict, as we've told you, his wife, Jenny, started a Tea Party group that calls for the repeal of health care law, and she's saying things like this. <laughs> the clear focus is to stop the Obama agenda. So there are serious signs of conflicts. He's still, he's still saying conflict. He's good here. For Scalia and Thomas. But how does Fox News cover this story? There are new questions now about whether Justice Elena Kagan... This, by the way, is a great idea because they get a free hot chick in the, in the ugly guy piece. This is good. This is very smart of them to do. ...has already made up her mind on this issue. Now we're seeing Justice Department emails from Kagan's time as Mr. Obama's Solicitor General. And on the very day that the new law passed in Congress back in 2010, Kagan tells Harvard Law Professor Lawrence Tribe, who was serving the Justice Department, quote, I hear they have the votes, Larry. Simply amazing. Now, if she were closely involved in the health care bill, she would legally be required to recuse herself from the case. But according to the Constitution, a justice must recuse even if he or she, quote, 
expressed an opinion concerning the merits of the particular case in controversy. So let's get this straight. Okay, get ready. Fox focuses on Justice Elena Kagan rather than on Thomas and Scalia. One issue off the bat with the Fox report, they say Kagan should recuse herself because of Article 28 in the U.S. Constitution. That article doesn't exist. Beyond that, legal experts say Kagan's email doesn't suggest she worked on the health care law or played a big part in its passage. So there's no real conflict. <laughs> I, it's, it's there's a no conflict. There's no conflict. No conflict. There's no conflict. I don't care what you say. There's no conflict. There's no real conflict. But even when and I, I I played this back five times, like he's really saying conflict. He's not saying conflict. Even when Fox does talk about Justice Thomas. They miss half the story. Clarence Thomas is the target of liberals. He's going to do another one. Who say his wife's lobbying activities for a group opposing the health care law disqualify him from hearing the case. No mention of Thomas' connection to Paul Clement or that he attended a right-wing fundraiser. Fundraiser. That's fair and balanced. Nice try, guys. But we got you. He's an idiot. Gotcha. We nice try, guys, but we got you. No conflict. How can this channel still be on the? How can this channel? NBC. How can it be on the air? I. They've got no ratings. It's a pathetic shell of itself. I mean, it was. I don't know. Here we are struggling just to get by, and this guy's like got no conflict. (laughs) Talking to Kermit. No conflict with Kermit. All right, so stuff I'm working on for uh, for Sunday. Uh, I've been going through the uh, SOPA, the Stop Online Piracy Act, which, uh, you know, I'm not worried about this. Everyone's up in arms. You know, we'll just invent some way around it. The Internet goes around no, this stuff. That's not going to happen. That's not going to get passed. No, you don't think so? No. No, good. And uh, what was the other thing? There was something else that was going on that was kind of weird. Oh, Yeah. How, how, you want to bet that this guy, I guess they got some guy now who shot at the White House? Well, now you see, I get the story both ways. Did happen, it didn't happen. Nobody shot at the White House. Somebody shot at the White House. It's just, I, I, This story, is, it's not, it never got any legs. It's just, I, I don't know. Nah. I'm surprised you, you even picked it up. Well, I, I mean, I didn't clip anything, if that's what you're saying, but... Um. Uh, I think it's we let that one slide. Yeah, I don't know. I think maybe you know. There's two ways you could go on this. One, well, I'm just waiting for the racial attack. That's all. I'm, I'm waiting for that spin. Oh, racial attack. He, the guy was black. No, he's not. He looks uh, Mexican. No, the guy still looks black. I got a clip for you, and I think this is a word we should adopt. <laughs> O'Reilly stumbling for trying to promote his book. Is it conflict? No, it's not anything that, that would make us sound like idiots. I think this. I think he stumbled upon a new word <laughs> that I actually think we should employ. You might post your reviews on Amazon.com, but only if you've read Killing Lincoln. We have people who have not read the book posting bogative, bogus reviews. <laughs> bogative, 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 bogative. Bogative. <laughs> I think bogative is a great word. Uh, and what what does it mean exactly? Bogative. It, it means it's a version of bogus. <laughs> but bogative is that? Uh, is it worse than bogus? 
It's an, it's an adverb. Uh, that's what it is. Bogative. It's bogative, man. Hey, get out of my way, you bogative. How, how, what are the uh, correct uses of the word bogative, uh, Professor Dvorak? <laughs> Not sure yet. We're still developing our uh, the lexicon. I, my goal over the next 10 years is to get the word bogative popularized and into the dictionary. Okay. Well, we'll certainly get it into the urban dictionary. I think bogative will, will be no problem. All right, everybody. Uh, so I got work to do here at uh, Camp Mofo. I got to uh, work on the acoustics for sure, and uh, delving into uh, Second Mile. And uh, once I get a TV hooked up, I'll be watching some C-SPAN. What are you going to be doing, John? Oh, I don't know. Probably cleaning the office. Please. You haven't cleaned that thing since 1953. Hey, man, that's a bogative comment. Hey, don't bogative that, man. <laughs> can you can you bogative the joint, like a bogarting the joint? No, I think I'm gonna, I'll, I'll write a, de- a definition up and we'll publish it. How do you spell bogative? B-O-G-A, bogative, T-I-V-E. Oh, bogative. it's with a T, okay. Yeah, bogative. There's no conflict in bogative, Kermit. Coming to you from Camp Mofo in the Lone Star States. In the morning, everybody, my name's Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where a lot of things are bogative, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back on Sunday, even better prepared. Catch you then on No Agenda. Dvorak.org slash N-A- Bogative, 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 bogative.